Hello, everybody. I am your host, Brad Ellis. Welcome to Frame Trap, a bi-weekly in-depth gaming discussion podcast. Joining me this week is my co-host, as always, Michael Damiani. Mobile games. Mobile games. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. Hooray. Oh, yeah. And our guest this week is Daniel Bloodworth. Yo. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you dudes again. Good to be here to talk mm-hmm. some games this week. Got some good stuff on the roster. It's been a pretty good time. Pretty good time for games. Before we get into everything, though, please check us out on patreon.com slash easyallies. If you'd like to support us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, leave a nice rating if you're doing the show on any of the podcast apps you use. It does help us reach uh, new audiences out there, so we do appreciate that. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Bloodworth. Yo. You're the racing guy. <laughs> You've just been thrown into it. I kind of like it's kind of funny how you just got thrown into that the racing category, the racing guy, just because no one else really wants to do it. I don't even know if it was necessarily that, but I yeah, like, you I, like racing stuff. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I kind of started sort of quote unquote specializing in racing games around yeah. like uh, when <laughs> Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Two came yeah. out on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah I would have said like you or Huber would be our racing guys, but I definitely, guess. yeah, like definitely like a GT. Like I'd never played. I mean, there's some things like like Top Gear Rally on N64 or whatever, but like I'd never played like a Forza or a Gran Turismo mm-hmm. before. Like I started having to review those at GT. Yeah, there was some other. I forget what it was. There was some other like lower, like more like like less visually impressive one of those that I'd played first before like Forza mm. Motorsport Three, mm, okay. and then like GT Five was just like I had to. It was like one of those games where like I had to. That's when I got my monitor actually. Oh, because I had to uh, review that over Thanksgiving weekend, and I was going out of town like I always did uh, during that time, and so I was like, well, I need to play GT Five mm-hmm. while I'm out of town, but I don't want to take over this like family's TV the whole weekend. Right. So like went to a Best Buy and got the, this like yeah. little slim monitor and like stuck it in the back of the car with our duffel bags <laughs> and just set it up in the side room. How long were you playing on CRTVs for, Blood? Was that were you playing on them up till that point, pretty much? Uh, well, my HD was yeah. yeah my HD TV was a CRT. Um, so oh, okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, my first HD TV had like got off of like Craigslist. <laughs> like, yeah. Took like four people to lift. I think I got my first HD TV in like two thousand six or seven. Yeah, because I remember playing. I remember playing um, Twilight Princess on like a tube TV or oh, CRT okay. TV. Yeah. Then I got an HD one, and I was like, ew, it looks ugly. Yeah, I was still playing SD stuff. Like, Fallout 3, I played entirely in SD. Damn, dude, that's until, pretty sick. Until some DLCs came out. Yeah, yeah. I think I got, like, a plasma. Because remember, the different like the different types were still, like, competing for HD. Mm-hmm. So I got, like, the plasma one, I think. Oh, okay. The, it was, like, plasma. a special with, like, because I got that, an Xbox 360, and Halo 3. Oh, like, damn. Like, I got, like, a big bundle at a Best Buy. It was, like, that's a oh, sick right, bundle. Like, it's, it's time. It's, yeah. like, yo, Halo 3, Halo 3 looks sick. And waiting to get a 360 finally, and like I need an HD TV of some sort to play these on because yeah. I was playing Wii on like a CRT TV as well. I was like, yeah. I don't need an yeah. HD TV for Wii, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm getting a 360. My, my SD TV, which I still have in the closet, um, it it has like a 16 by 9 mode where it's gonna like oh, that's that thing. Um, uh, like so it worked great. Uh, and like yeah, older stuff still looks great on that TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wish I had an old TV still. But uh, but yeah, so Forza, you know, obviously, like, like I said, I've been playing since 
three. I actually yeah. have gone back to like one and two for various projects. Like for a lot of years, every time a, a new Forza would come out, I would do like full timeline because they're like all they have like a lot of the same cars and the same tracks. So it's like okay, comparison video time. Every Forza that's ever come out, this car, this track, let's do it. <laughs> Man, those are the days. Yeah, and a lot of the replay angles were the same. So, oh. but uh, but that's the thing is this time. They used to be on this every other year, every other year, Forza Motorsport. And then Horizon came in and took mm-hmm. the off years. I do remember that. And then, you know, it was it was clear, I think starting with five, that like, okay, something is not working out with this production cycle. Mm-hmm. Because four was sort of the, like the pinnacle. Like three introduced a lot and it really made it like a gold standard, like real like competitor to Gran Turismo. Four just killed it with content, and then five was the first one on Xbox One, where it's just like, okay, now they're like, kind of starting from scratch in terms of like a lot of so it's like it was just missing a lot of stuff. Right. And then six and seven, they just like the core was all right, but they just were doing weird things mm-hmm. with trying to mix up mechanics that just didn't play well too well with me. Yeah, I mean, let's dive into it. You did play Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Just Forza Motorsport. I was very confused at yeah. first when I saw that. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. But yeah, that and is it. I played, so the preview build is basically like the introduction to the game. Okay. So you've got a couple of tutorial races and then this kind of like like mini version of um, what they're, they're like cups when they call it, like builder's cups. Uh, and so they've got a bunch of these builder's cups that are usually like, five, six, seven races long, but the first one that introduces you to the whole concept is like three. Okay. So it's like basically hour to hour and a half uh, of the beginning of the game. A lot of the other stuff is locked out. Um, I could have replayed the same tracks that I did, but I didn't really have like options to like free play or time trial or any of the other modes or whatever. Uh Um, uh, Off the bat, of course, any any racing game in a lot of games this gen, uh, graphics options Mm -hmm. uh, before you even get into it. So they have three modes. Mm. They have performance, which is uh, 60 frames per second at 4K, no ray tracing. That's like a Forza, or sorry, Gran Turismo, right? I think Gran Turismo is yeah. the same. Okay. Uh, performance RT, which is 60 frames per second uh, with ray tracing with a variable resolution. Oh, okay. So I it's see. not locked at 4K. Okay, got it. Um, and then it'll be, it'll probably Digital Foundry's already figured out the numbers on, mm-hmm. on what it's actually going back and forth on. And then they've got the quote-unquote visuals mode, uh, which is 4K with ray tracing on, but at 30 frames okay. per second. Got which, it. Which, I don't know why you would do that. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, well, Isla was If you're putting together a specific video, I guess. Yeah, but, like, Isla was playing in, uh, her, what was the last, Horizon 5? She was playing in 30 frames per second. I but remember. even that is like a little bit and more we acceptable like, than playing a sim race game. No, 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 yeah. no. no. 60 mode. frames for racing game only, blood nowadays. Yeah. yeah. That's how you got to do it. Horizon has always had a really great 30 frames per second, though, even before they could do 60, because it's open world. Uh, but, anyways, uh, Sims 60 better be there, and it is. And it's yep. solid. Uh, they added some um, some extra little uh, options on the uh, ex- uh, the difficulty stuff. So, like, rather than just turning like traction control uh, and uh, ABS uh, or no traction control and stability control on or off, there's like an in between option now that they call Sport, mm-hmm. to where like it'll it'll like let it slip a little bit, so you you can have that sense of like trying to correct it, and then it was like okay if it goes. 
a little too long. It's like, okay, then we'll kick in the, the traction control or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the way this is set up, like, it does you, you kind of like just throws you into a couple of cars at first, and then it gets you into this Builder's Cup. Um, so you do two little quick races uh, where you can just get a feel for things, um, and that's uh, Maple Valley uh, and then um, uh, Hakone, uh, Japan. Which so they like basically put you at the end of an endurance race for that one, okay? And like a faster car, uh, and then they get you into this builder's cup. And there's so there's a couple of things here that are really cool in terms of like how they've sort of rethought and reinvented just the progression and a lot of the systems. Uh, first off, is something I've been wanting for Forza stuff for a long time is that they actually have uh practice rounds, so practice is kind of like a mandatory part of this, the uh the progression Mm -hmm. so when you go to a race you do some practice laps and so you have uh you have to put in i think like two or three laps depending on the length of the track um and then there's a bonus objective to like get like a certain lap time and then and then you'll you'll get into the race um the three starter cars there's um uh, Huber would probably dig these. Uh, there's a Subaru STI. Yep. There's a Honda Civic, mm-hmm. and there's a Ford Mustang. He would not from. dig that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went with the STI, uh, and then um, then they have like the difficulty screen where you can like pick between like drive guitar speed and like they've got like rule set uh, bonuses. So it's like if you want to ha- like take more penalties for like going off track or mm-hmm. bumping other drivers and stuff like that as well as stuff like fuel tire damage and stuff. And then basically, the higher you put those things in, like the more bonus credits mm-hmm. you'll get from races. Um, and then your car, so what's your starter car, um, so you basically are earning like three types of currency. So you have your credits, you have your driver XP, but then you have your car XP. And so each okay. individual car... You have to level up? ...is earning XP. And it goes pretty fast. Like I was like learning, like I got up to like eight or nine or whatever in just the first hour and a half with this car. Do you know what the cap for cars is? I don't know. Okay. But what this, well, why this matters is the level that you've um, gotten XP with your car determines what kinds of parts that you uh, have unlocked between races. So when you upgrade your car, it's basically a matter of like how much time you put into your car determines okay. what different things. So it's like when you're kind of like low level or whatever, then it's like, okay, you can mess with the the air filter and the exhaust and stuff, but it's like, okay, if you want a full conversion, it's like, no, you need to put some time into that car first. You, know, you need I to see. get, to, get okay. to a higher level. Okay. Um, we have some questions for, yeah. regarding all this. Do you want to just keep going then and we'll get to them at the end? Or yeah, well, I mean, on? if you hear something that sounds we, like something we got someone right about. on yeah. here, right what you're talking about. It's yeah. from Beating Down Brian. Hey, allies, I've been hesitant about that car pg system in forza in theory leveling up your car to unlock new parts sounds fine but i think about how often i need to purchase a new car so i can jump into multiplayer a multiplayer race that requires Mm. a certain car or class of a car am i now going to have to level up those cars in single player in order for them to be competitive in multiplayer i'm worried the system is going to add a huge amount of unnecessary grinding if so um so i don't know in terms of multiplayer stuff, because it's not unlocked at the, the preview build. Okay. However, um, forces tended to have loner cars. Okay. So, the, yeah, if, that you're, if you're going on to multiplayer, I would assume that there would be some form of, of loner cars. Yeah. And maybe even, like, some form of tuning to, like, make it competitive yeah. or whatever. I think 
this system could be fine for single player and interesting, but yeah. for multiplayer, like being done, Brian was saying, it might be a little rough. Yeah. If you feel like you have to grind to just even get into the race, I guess. Because you're going to have to grind for cash probably or whatever as well to buy cars, I guess. Yeah, but the way that like the Builder's Cups look like they're set up because they all do focus on like different mm-hmm. types of cars and those different classes. So I imagine it would probably be just one of those things where, yeah, like you need to like invest a little bit of time in the single player and just like naturally like by doing some of those like single player campaigns, mm-hmm. you're going to have a variety of cars mm-hmm. unless you're like you're just wanting to jump into the fastest thing. First off, you might not be able to do that. But Bloodworth, someone like me who uh, I only really played Grand Turismo 7. That was pretty much my intro to the series, but I loved license tests, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know if there's anything like equivalent to that in this game? I haven't seen anything along those okay. lines yet. Maybe not necessarily exactly the same. The, but. Yeah, I mean, the practice does scratch that itch a little bit because they are um, tracking, like, your mm-hmm. sector times and stuff like that. And so you will get, like, bonus XP and credits and stuff okay. for, like, improving your time on a section of the track. So is it going to be, like, do you, like, level up and, like, get, a, <laughs> like, a random car? Do you, like... I'm just all I have that for I is Gran Turismo, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that I haven't seen like a wheel spin type like? of thing like that or, or Forza Horizon. Dude, man, those things. I would always just get the lowest amount of cash every time. It was so annoying. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. That like, yeah, these games do tend to just hand out cars like candy. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things to be aware of to to watch out for. Like when the final game comes out, to right. see how that car investment plays out. Versus, like, how many cars that you just have in your garage that you're not mm-hmm. even touching. So, um, but in terms of like this intro, it's like, yeah, you st- stuck with the one car through through the whole cup. Yeah. So, uh, Blood, so you played a little bit of it. How is the game visually looking to you? Car games usually look really nice, very nice show pieces. How's this one looking? Yeah, it's looking good for the most part. Um, there are some things that are like, they're never a priority in these like some heavy games. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, like the damage is pretty much it's like oh I bumped that guy and then like there's a giant huge scrape down the side of his right. car. Um, oh, and then one thing I do hope um, gets kind of like tweaked a little bit is the last race I did was a night race. Okay. Um, and you know the with the ray tracing, the lighting and stuff with the the high beams and everything like it looks nice. However. There was a weird thing going on with like the texture on the road to where it was like the blacks in the noise of the texture were like too too dark and like like stood out too much. Mm. So I felt like uh, you know how like there'll be like this like shredded rubber and stuff like on the side of a track after a couple of laps. It felt like I was driving over that because it was just so dark and so distinct that like the noise on the track and then I like changed camera angles and like oh like no i'm not going over rubber that's like that's just the the texture just looks weird oh, in this lighting okay. for whatever hmm. strange reason uh but that's the only thing that like stuck out to me is being like like a bad thing but yeah. like when you know there's one point where i saw it's like some some uh, other ai drivers just kind of like scraping up against each other a little bit so sure it's like you know there was like sparks flying and, and stuff so mm-hmm. there was a nice nice little touch cool um, but yeah, it's, it is weird because it's like, I feel like we've gotten to a point with these games where it's like, if you don't put them side by side, they've all 
looked so sure. good for so yeah. long that it's like you kind of have to like pay attention. It's like, oh yeah, I can see my car reflecting <laughs> in the other car. I yeah, can, you know the, totally. the ray tracing is paying off right there. <laughs> uh, Jimmy wrote in, "Hey allies, I've got kind of a weird concern about the upcoming Forza Motorsport." The way they describe the career mode working is that for each race you choose your starting position and the AI difficulty after practicing. While player choice is generally a good thing, this sounds to me like it puts a huge burden on the player to figure out how to tune their difficulty. Any game with difficulty selection requires players to figure out what's appropriately fun for themselves, but having two axes to adjust accesses to adjust the granularity of the seven AI settings and 24 starting positions to choose from along with all the assist settings seems like it all it'll it'll all greatly magnify the hassle and uncertainty of it I'm worried it'll be almost impossible to race without constantly wondering if I'm making the game too easy or too hard is this a reasonable concern or am I just overthinking it thanks for taking my questions if you do I respect Jimmy yeah, so they've added a couple of little layers like that. Um, I I do think that they, like, even in this section, like, they introduced them, there's, like, a little bit of a time to not totally overwhelm you, but I can see, like, if you're not super familiar, you know, it's fine. Just, like, go with, like, kind of the, the standard medium settings. Um, mm-hmm. The the thing that they talked about with the, the grid position is an interesting new thing that they've added, though, because, uh, and it doesn't even show up until like the fourth or fifth race. Uh, but basically, you can make it more challenging for yourself and then get, again, like some some like bonus rewards by just going further back in the grid. Okay. And so they'll show you kind of like, you know, if you, if you like say 12 is sort of the medium, if you go down to like 13th or 14th and it's like, okay, well, if you can get to like first or third, you'll get a bonus. If you go like f- deeper in, like okay you'll get a bonus if you get like between second and fourth you know and so um yeah it's just kind of one of those things where i i think if you are if you're wanting to sort of challenge yourself with overtaking and you don't want to just be like looking at the cars in the rear view a lot um you know that's that's one thing that you can do i will say that um we'll see kind of like how the ai plays out or like with the penalty systems or whatever but it did feel like it was really easy to just like barge a guy off the road uh, and and have no consequence whatsoever. Okay. Um, and even like times where it's like if I yeah if I would like get into somebody's space a little bit, then they would back off, you know. And it's like okay, well, cool. So I just kind of like bump into you in a way that doesn't affect my handling too much, and I'm I'm free to free to go ahead. Right. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Um, how that'll all play out. I do think, though, despite that, you know, I was... I, I think that the AI feels um, a little bit more natural. Like, you, you, you do see, like, a lot of cars that are sort of trying to vie to get ahead. They're not doing the Grand Turismo thing. It's like, okay, we're all in a little train now. Mm-hmm. And now you pass this guy, and now you pass this guy. And it's like, I had times, it was like, there's three cars wide, and like, I guess I'm just hanging back here for a mm, minute. So interesting. Um, and so it creates. I think that yeah, it, I think it creates a little bit more dynamic situations yeah. to try to to sort out. Um, I guess blood. Just your overall thoughts on what you played. Are you feeling good about this? Yeah, I mean, it's always these games are always hard to 
totally oh, yeah. nailed down in like a quick. So much going on. There's you have to spend a lot of time with these games to figure. Dig it out. in and yeah. find all the nuances and stuff. Yeah. Um. I've you know, I've always found you know basically until like the Dual Sense. You know, I've always preferred the Xbox controller for these types of games. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, yeah, I do get a lot of good feedback in terms of like the audio positioning nice. of the tire squealing and the feedback and the rumble and and the. Uh, the triggers and everything and so yeah like it's it's really solid it's just one of those things where it's like to really see like how these systems play out and like what, what they're asking about like do you need to grind a lot just to take a car into multiplayer or like where the little nicks and tucks all kind of work in its favor or against its favor it'll take time but i think structurally though the way that they're working in the practice and the building and the cups, it it feels like, yeah, you've they've totally like disassembled it all and built it back up from scratch mm. rather than just remixing okay. it. Which I think I feel like the last three games felt kind of like remixes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds good. We'll find out more when it eventually comes out. I think it's later this year, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. There's know the so many exact games. Exact date, to, but it's yeah. not. It's like around the corner. Cool. Like I want to say November. Cool. Like cool. November 10th. Yeah, we'll or check it out. Ooh. All right. Thank you, Blood. Okay. For the next game, uh, I've been playing this for review. I have now finished the game. That is Lies of P. No. I have Heck finished yeah. Lies of P. Uh, intro. It's good. Right. Surpri- yeah, it's good. It's <laughs> good. Right. It was cool. I was like, "All right, sick." Liza P was a good time, man. Yeah, because you know, like that. I mean, it's it's a it's funny to laugh at, but it is kind of the fear with a lot of these games. Yep. So it's like you see this game from a developer that you're not so sure you know anything yeah. about, you know, and and it's kind of got like kind of just a twist on something familiar. It's kind of this yeah. ridiculous Pinocchio. What the? Yeah, my, yes. What are you, Pinocchio souls? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, does it just look really pretty? Or yeah. does it hold up in the end? Yeah. Yeah, it, it holds up in the end. It's a really good game. Like, with souls, like, I never expect anyone to be at from software's level. I just don't. I just don't. Yeah. And, but I think they do a really good job. That's good to hear. Now, I'm curious, where did you stand? Did you, did you play... You finished the demo. I did. And you talked well, about Well, yeah, yeah. Where were your, like, how do you feel your thoughts were after that compared to how you finished the um, game? Did, like, you I feel a, better better? than okay. what the, the, the demo. They changed some things, particularly the jo- the dodge they worked on a little okay, more to make I it feel a little better. Dodge was getting called so, out. So, yeah, yeah, it feels a little better this time around, but we're going to get into that because there's, a, there's a, like, a lot of, like, complexities, I guess, to some of the mechanics. Um, so we'll just start broadly, though. It is yes, sure. it is a Souls game based off Pinocchio. <laughs> you play as a puppet. I don't think they actually really call you Pinocchio to the game. Maybe they do at the beginning, but like they don't re- refer gotcha. to Pinocchio very often. And it's not as Pinocchio stories I thought it would be. All right. It definitely, which is interesting, is the game is it definitely finds its own identity way more so instead of it. If, to me, it felt like. At first glance, I feel like this game was just going to be copying in a lot of ways. And, like, there is clear inspirations in this game. But I definitely, as I played more, it felt like they had their own vision in some regards. So I was very happy about that. But, yeah, you play as Pinocchio or P, whatever you go through. You're playing in this, um, it's like 18, I forgot the exact term of what it is. But it's, like, in France and, like, maybe the late 1900s or something like that. Or, sorry, early 1900s. But kind of steampunky, though. You're in this city. Puppets are going rampant, rampaging right now, just killing everyone. So you awake as this puppet. 
the city robots are going through killing everyone. Everyone's pretty much dead. Most uh, of the humans are dead. Sounds like Mega Man X. Kind of. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, because it, it sounds like... Uh, Bloodborne in some ways okay. too, in the sense yeah, that there yeah. is these puppets rampaging right now. If you want to replace puppets with beasts, you can yeah. do that. Yeah. And also, there is a plague kind ah. of spreading throughout. Okay. Mm. The the city, which is called Krot, which I really I really like the atmosphere in the game. I think the atmosphere is super good in this game. I was like just absorbing it a lot of the time. Like one thing I really like in video games that is just a weird thing is I really like paintings in video games like on the walls and stuff mm. dude you like Resident Evil game throw I'm scoping those yeah. all the time dude I'm checking those out I'm scoping them out here all the time too cause it kinda has like that it has a spooky vibe to it you know you're in these cities there's dead bodies everywhere there's m- m- puppets trying to kill you constantly and it's got like that kinda like not super gothic vibe but it's got like that 18th century kind of like reminds like me of Victorian like London Victorian? almost okay. yeah. almost maybe not, not as quite extreme but shades of it but yeah there's like cool things there's like the circus going on so you got like circus robots going around stuff like that you get to see different parts of the city it's very like very uh from soft in the sense of like you go through parts of the world and you could see them where you've been as you like progress to the game that's which cool. is always really fun nice. you're, like, you're like up high you're like oh yeah that's where like I started over there so stuff like that um but let's talk about the combat. So there's a lot to say about the combat, actually, but I'll just say the basics as you got your skills, you know you're leveling up just like a From Software game, like dex, strength, but they're just diff- called different things. At the beginning, you choose a weapon. There's like a, a more dex-focused one, a strength, and a balanced one. I chose what I... Contrary to everything I always do, I always go strength build in these games. First time, always. All right, so what'd you do? I went dex this time. All I don't right, know okay. why. All right. But I picked like a rapier. And I was like, all right, cool, dude. Sick. It was fun, and all the weapons, you know, they got unique movesets and stuff like that. But what's cool about the weapons is, so, they, they're divided into two things. It's the handle of the weapon and, like, the blade or, like, oh, blunt okay. So, what this does is, each of these individual things has their own. If you, if you played Dark Souls 3, you might remember, like, Weapon Arts. Elden Ring has things like this, too. Each of them has their own unique one. Okay. So it's like a charge. You have to build up a meter to unleash this kind of thing. And some of them are cheaper. Like, let's say the handle is one bar you need to do, but the blade is three. So if you get the handle, if you use the handle, it'll do like a nice parry for you like that. But if you do the three for the blade, it'll do like a really fast dash attack. That's cool, but what's interesting about it is later on with weapons, you can combine these different parts together. So if you like a, if you like this uh, bonus you're getting from the handle, but you like the bonus you're getting from this blade, you can put them on together. Okay. As far as I'm aware, it'll destroy the weapon, though, or like, or you can't... I guess you could put it back together, but it's like... Just something to keep in mind. And all the weapons have stats, so you want to keep that in mind, too. Oh, uh, okay. And you can kind of, like, specialize certain parts of, like, the handle if you want to, like focus more on decks instead of like strength you can do stuff like that but it requires materials for you to do that so you can kind of have some freedom about what weapons you want to choose from there's actually a lot of weapons too i was surprised how many there was to mess around with they're pretty cool like i had the rapier then later i got like a big like curved great sword like swung Mm. around i got a spear that was like a broken it looked like a broken like lamppost almost like a sign hanging on the side that's cool it was really sick so um, that was really fun. So in combat, you know, you got your basics, light attack, heavy attack, charge attack, all that stuff. But what's interesting about this game is, um, it has like the rally mechanic from Bloodborne. So if you don't know what that is, is if you get hit, 
you can get some health back often. But it's only for you, really, on your blocks. If you block something, you're going to take some damage. Your weapon will absorb it, depending on the number, the type of weapon you have. But you'll be able to get some of that damage health back. But if you perfect guard an attack, you will take no damage. And it'll also do stagger damage to enemies. Oh, we got the stagger. Okay. <laughs> However, the stagger meter is invisible. Oh. You cannot tell. It's hard to see when it's going to pop up. Oh. So... This game really, really focuses on aggression. Like, you're gonna, you can play defensively in some ways, but I feel like you just have to be aggressive no matter when, how you play. If you play defensively, you have to be aggressive at it also. Because when you're fighting bosses, yes, you can stab them and do damage, which will eventually break their stagger if you do a lot. But if you do perfect parries, it's gonna help you break it also. But it comes with the risk of if you don't get that perfect one, you're gonna hit. And if you miss it, you can just get hit completely or you'll absor- take a lot of damage. So it's definitely it was definitely a balance of me figuring out at times when to dodge and when to go for perfect parries. Because some guys, they would do crazy attacks. And I just I couldn't read it at first, you know, because I'd fight a boss and just be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So I just dodge everything. But then you slowly learn as you progress through that. And you're like, OK, let me try to get this move and land it. And what's great about it is this all the impact feels really good for you as the player. Like hitting that feels like Sekiro, that perfect you sparks fly and everything looks really nice, feels good. But it's definitely something you have to take in count. And um also when they're getting in their stagger state, uh when you know they're vulnerable for a stagger state, their health bar you can see it, they will like it'll like flash like white or like a white border will go around it. Okay. That means they're open to stagger. Now you have a limited amount of time to make them go into stagger. To do this, you have to land a charged attack. So you have to make sure you get that charge attack to then leave them vulnerable. Then you can do like a visceral attack kind of mm, thing like okay. that. So it's this progression of I'm fighting this guy. I'm trying to damage them and also break their stagger meter. Then I got to make sure I hit the thing when their health bars up when they're open. Because when they're open for stagger, they can still move and attack and fight you and all that stuff. So you, sometimes like you won't get it. There's definitely oh, right. times where I was fighting bosses where I was like, I had to back up because I was going to die if I got too aggressive. So also, though, with the bosses and enemies, they can also get health back when you're fighting them. Oh. You could stab guys. Oh, crap. So you can do damage <laughs> to them, but they will be able to get some back. Right. So you have to be careful. Like, you don't want to get hit, but like I said, perfect parrying, all that stuff helps. And if you don't, if you're not aggressive on them and leave them be, their health will slowly regen <laughs> over time. Of course. It's like... It seems like really brutal, but when you're kind of in practice, actually, it's like there, like there's a slight pressure for it, but it's not like, it was never like too much pressure. I felt like I'm waiting way too long, way too long. Like it was in the back of my mind, but it never felt too much, which was nice. Um, so there's a hub in this game. It's called um, Cast or no, sorry, Hotel Cry. It's really jolly, dude. So you got humans. In the game, there's NPCs you can talk with also, and puppets. Not all the puppets are bad. Some of them, it's a mystery why they're going pretty nuts. It's all part of the story. But there's some you talk to. Some are vendors and stuff like that. There's some people you can talk to to get more lore. There's different outfits you can get for pee like that. They're not stats. The outfits are just purely costumes, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. You can get, like, masks and stuff like that. Also, here is P has, like, a prosthetic arm. Just think of... Wolf's arm from Sekiro. It's very similar to that. Uh, the one of the early ones you get is like a grappling one. You can shoot like a hook and like pull them towards you. But when you do it, it uses a certain amount of like your 
currency or whatever, like your meter, essentially. Okay. So you can get new arms. Like, they can get one that was, like, a one of the early ones, like, electric things. So you, like, shoot out, like, a big electric pulse at them, which is really cool. Nice. Then later on, I got one that was, like, a, just a gun. I'd, like, shoot, like, a bullet, and it would, like, explode on them, which was really fun. <laughs> you can also upgrade those parts later on, too, to, like, increase the effectiveness of those. So, like, the gun one, for example... Um, it used to take a little bit to shoot, but then later on I was able to dodge and shoot at the same time, so it just made it a little faster, mm. or I could follow one up with it right away. At the hotel, you could also practice like on these dummies, which I actually did because enemies in the games have attacks. There are these red attacks that are undodgeable. You have to perfect block them. If you block them normally, you will take full damage. You have to perfect block them. Or just get completely out of the way, but you can't, like, iframes through it like that. So I was just kind of practicing <laughs> on that, getting the feel of parry timing and all that stuff, all the windows. So it's very useful, and you could test out damage things on there and also your weapon your weapon art kind of things on there if you want to experiment. It's very friendly in that sense, which I appreciated. Um, but, yeah, going through the game, uh, there's a lot of cool bosses in here. Just some of, like, the early, like, one of the very early first ones is, like, a, a ringmaster. He's in the demo. Okay. He has, like, two... Most of the bosses in this game have, like, two phases. Either you get halfway through their health or they have a fake health... They have one health bar, then another one comes up, which they do that too many times in the game. Oh, okay. Or to the sense of if it didn't happen, I was more surprised. <laughs> I expected every boss to have one health bar, then another one would happen every time like that. Um, no online play, so you got to do it yourself. However, mm. for some bosses, you could summon a specter who is like a, a soul summon, you know. He will fight with you. You get some items later on that will help with that also, so you can like heal him or like buff him up. Oh, okay, cool. To summon them, though, you need a currency, and uh, it's like called star something, but so you need the star thing, you do it outside the boss room, then he'll be in there. Um, I never came close to running out though my All whole right. way through. I had like 60 by the end of the game and you could farm more later on. So if you're worried about that, don't be too worried. Um, but yeah, I think just going through this game just gave me a really cool vibe that I was just really into. I was really feeling the story's pretty neat actually. Just like unraveling the secrets. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Bloodborne stuff in there. You're going to be like, oh yes. If you're familiar <laughs> with Bloodborne stuff, you'll be like, oh yes, yes. It's clear they are fans of that game, but that's a good game to be a fan of, I guess, and, like, base a lot of stuff on. Uh, also, Pinocchio, there is times in the game where you will have choices to lie to someone or not. Okay. Okay. They will ask you some questions, and you can lie if you want to or not, and um, that will change some of the story. I won't get into that, but that is just part of the game also to keep in mind. Got it. Did you ever lie to somebody and then turn into, like, a fight? Um, I don't think so, Blood. Okay. I lied to someone one time to make them feel better about something, but I don't think I lied to someone to fight them. You fight plenty of people, though. Don't worry. There's plenty of, like, Yeah, humans. I was wondering if, like, yeah, you li- because they, I, they yeah. lied, they, they you definitely got lied like, to you, and then they choices, come back yeah. later, and like, you lied to me, you little punk. Um, beat you up. Blood, someone might have asked me if I was a puppet, like a human, mm. and I said yes, probably, then they tried to kill me, because they were, like, there's this group out there trying to, like, kill all the puppets and all that stuff like that. Like, they wear, like, um, I think they're called stalkers. They wear, like, animal masks. They look really cool. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, some of the environments are really great. Going through the city, like, these just cobbled streets, dude. It's all wet. You got, like, lights flickering. Then you go through it, and there's, like, a circus tent. And, like, later on, there's an opera opera house. You need to go in through that. It's really awesome. Really cool boss in there. I really loved 
but I don't want to spoil that because it's like later on in the game. But it's a pretty meaty game too. Like I said, it took me like 28 hours to beat. All right. To get through, there's multiple endings. There's new game plus stuff to do also. So there's a lot of value in this game. But um, yeah, I think it's a really good game. It, it like didn't blow me away. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like best Souls game in a long time. But it's like really good. I was like, yeah, this is a really great game, and I'm really pleased it turned out well. Uh, do you dudes have any questions about yeah. it? Yeah. So one thing I think you didn't like talk about. Yeah. So I'm curious if it, it's in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the the exploration factor, yeah. and in so many FromSoft games, how you come across unknown variables. I went this way. I don't know if I'm going the right way. Mm-hmm. Oh crap! There's like a boss over here. Like, were there any of those types so, of like random encounters that you get by going off in a different? I direction? would say the progression. In the sense of, like, let's say if you're comparing them as zones. The yeah. the progression of going through the zones felt very linear to me. Okay. But within these zones, there was, like, some different routes to go to. You'll find some different stuff. There's shortcuts to unlock, stuff like that. There's some mini-bosses out there like that. But I didn't find any huge, like, main side bosses just randomly. You know, I didn't walk into some random cave and find, like, a major, major boss. Gotcha. But there is some mini, like, bosses, definitely. You can find in optional ones like that. Okay. Um, you talk about how, like, like the, the weapon arts and, the, like, mm-hmm. the analogous weapon mm-hmm. art system is in there. Were there any weapons you came across that had, like, a like a hidden property? Because it's one of, like, you know, the, the things that mm-hmm. is kind of appealing in some of the FromSoft games is, like, this weapon is, like, what does this really do? And then, like, you, like, do its extended form or something. Like, it's yeah, L2, it's, and it's like, whoa, not, now it's on yeah, fire. Yeah, 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 they're not, like, trick weapons. There's okay. definitely weapons. So there's, like, you know, your strength decks, and then there's, like, your magic stat, which pairs kind of better with some more, like, elemental-based weapons. Like, early on, I got, like, a dagger that had, like, fire on it or something like Mm. that. Because there are status things you can do. You can, like, burn people with fire like that. If you hit them enough, they'll put, like, start burning and stuff like that. Some puppets you can use electricity on, and they'll take, like, more damage from that. And there's, like, a poison one essentially like that, too. So some weapons have properties like that. But there was nothing, like... Where I felt like it was just this kind of like one very unique thing for this weapon only. Okay, did uh, did you you talked about like the left right hand like mm-hmm. were, was there any other kind of gear system like you know like yeah. outfits or so, appearance you can yeah change? yeah you have yeah. like four right. defense things there's like four right. slots for defense they're like right. different mechanical parts for him like one one almost looks like a washer when you get it at the start <laughs> but like stuff gets bit, bulked up later on. There's like little, like just little mechanical parts. So there's four you can choose from. There's also, uh, you could start with two ring slots or essentially do ring slots. There's another system in the game called the P organ, which gives you passive upgrades you can go through. The P organ. Yeah, kind of think like a skill tree, but not, I guess. So it's like you start it and there's like four things you can choose from. And to get the next tier, you have to do at least two of those Got things. It, yeah. And it uh-huh. goes out through there, but. It, it gets complicated because within these things also you choose separate things for that. It's kind of confusing at first, but it, once you do it, you're like, okay, I get it. But is that word appearance? Like besides like weapon changes, like physical appearance? It's, it's costumes, your costumes. So it's yeah, costumes, costumes are completely okay. different outfits okay, cool. for him. Yeah. I guess I know people like yeah, really like wear, like One of the outfits. ones early on I got was like a coat. I killed this guy. He was in the demo. He's the donkey guy, and you get like a donkey <laughs> hat or donkey like mask you can wear and stuff like that. Is there any kind of like weight restriction system? You mm-hmm. know, okay, so that's present. so yeah. There is different types of weight, and from what I understood, is if you are heavier weights, stuff like your stamina regens slower. Mm. So I always mm-hmm. kept it below. I kept it at the lowest weight always because I wanted that stamina regen. 
I think once you get to like 60% of like your weight limit or something like that, it'll start slowing down. Okay. But you can level up stats to like increase that also. So if you want to be able to hold heavier stuff, you can. Which I definitely did. Because, you know, some weapons are heavier. Like, the rapier was pretty light, but when I was using the spears, like, you know, it's a bigger two-handed thing, so you got to adjust for that. Uh, definitely a lot of cool strength weapons, I think, for Huber. Or I thought about Huber like a giant axe. I was like, oh, Huber would probably like this. <laughs> some cool stuff like that. But, yeah, really fun game. I had a good time. I, I definitely want to play more of it, and I think it's worth... You know, it's so hard because there's so many Souls-likes and there's so many games coming out nowadays... But I think Liza P is definitely worth making time for. Yeah, one of the higher, yeah, higher end ones. For yeah, sure. definitely. Especially it's on Game Pass too. It'll be on Game Pass day one. So if you're curious about it and you have it, oh, easy to check out. Yeah, yeah, really good Game Pass game. Perfect for it. But yeah, I guess cool. it's all I got for Liza P. Cool game. Yeah. All right, dudes. The internet's freaking out right now. Everyone is, like, clamoring for <laughs> Nintendo Directs, you know, because it's September and everyone's clamoring for State of Play or whatever because... There are not enough games out right now. There's like, not enough games. Exactly, Damiani. We need more. No, it's never enough, my friends. <laughs> so everyone's freaking out. I'm seeing, like, F-Zero rumors going on. I'm like, what is happening right now? No, no, October, November's stacked. It's like, all right, but what's after November? What's, yeah. what's, what, what do we get it's next like we, year? We are literally drowning in video games. Yeah. We cannot play everything like that. And, but it's like people are... It's always exciting to look forward to, especially Damiani because of... And Blood, obviously, because of the new Nintendo hardware. Could be hearing about yeah. sooner than later. I don't know. Like, What do you guys think about all this? I We got some thoughts from uh, patrons just writing in about what they want to see from all this kind of stuff. What are you guys expecting? What do you want to see? When do you think this is even happening, if they are? Uh, yeah. Uh, I still think it's too early for for Nintendo for new hardware to be talked about just okay. yet. I, I, do, I do think it's a little too soon. I have a question. Yeah. With Switch, did they do something okay, completely yes. standalone? So, sorry, finish your thing. Say no, no, no. Like, did they do it? I cannot remember if it was at a direct Damiani or if no, it was just like okay. a completely so, like, separate event. In October 2016, they did the first like un- Switch unveil. Okay, like, it was at on the per- on the plane. Someone had it. We're like, that's it. That's the system. We saw like a tiny bit of footage of like Mario Odyssey. We didn't know what it was called at the time. I think. Mm-hmm. And then in January of 2017, we got the Switch presentation. It had its own presentation just for Switch. Um, and we got all the information about that, like the launch, like, and it came out two months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think <clears throat> it'll follow a similar kind of like structure. Uh, discussing with some other people, the 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 concept of the, the October teaser event felt like maybe there was a little bit more pressure on Nintendo to say something sooner because mm-hmm. of the status of the Wii U not doing yeah. as well. Yeah. Whereas well, they're, they're yeah, they had had the NX been out. They, they had oh, yeah. soft announced it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Where this is something where they're in a better position Much and I better. think they want to just like what's, have the unveiling, all the information, pre-orders open, it's coming out within a few months. So I think even if it's coming out in the first half of next year, which I don't think, I think it's Next, you and think it's second oh, the half. End? Yeah, I think it's gonna be fall okay. probably. But if it comes out in the first half, I still think like that a March, a February March type event would still happen for a Switch. Like we mm. might even do a January thing again. They might even repeat history. But this direct that people keep saying is gonna happen because September has been pretty much clockwork for Nintendo with some kind of direct or some kind of like video presentation. Um, and we know their releases pretty much through the end of the year, 
but we're still going to need a few more like games to have and there's been rumors of a bunch of different games so i think it'll be like a, a like a not a, like a megaton direct but something that's a little bit like you know has some good updates in there like things yeah. we've been right. wanting to see maybe a few surprises but like no huge announcements out of left field I let feel me like. throw a little chaos into that though mm-hmm. um so there's the like the reports last week of people seeing the next uh, essentially successor at Gamescom. Oh, yeah. Behind closed doors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's a sign, though, that it might be sooner than, like, l- early next year showing it off? Uh, I, well, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's, like, convincing people. That's getting more people on board. The report before that said that key partners already have the dev right. units mm-hmm. in hand, which you have to imagine are, like, the big like third Square party. Like, Square Enix, Capcom. stuff like that. So this is maybe they're trying to convince some other developers to get on board. I also imagine, since their list is, you know, actually participated in TGS, which is next week, that they're going to be doing more of that as well. Some behind-closed-doors kind of presentations to other developers just to be, you know, or maybe some, like, progress reports with them to discuss, like, where are you on your projects? And, you know, here's, like, an update on our timetables. But I still think that's, like, the like these are, like, you know, the planning phases to get, like, their launch window sorted out. Mm-hmm. They want to know what's going to be available in the first, like, like month, three months, six months to a year. I think Nintendo's just figuring it out, getting in to figure out with their third parties, getting any more support, like getting feedback, like these dev kits. Do they need any like extra help with them? Like what do people want from them or any like new new features? So this is just behind the scenes stuff. I don't think this is gonna translate to public facing the consumer we're getting a announcement about anything just yet now as Bud did point out like we knew about nx long time right. in advance i think they could maybe just say like the, the you code know name the, like either like we would like to announce that like the next switch system you know is like in full development and you know we were look, looking forward to sharing more details with you in the future that's the best i can offer and i still don't think they would do that Considering okay. how successful they are right now, yeah, I think it's better just to like throw all your chips on the table when it's time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I do think that they'll probably similarly do a tiered announcement to where it's like, okay, let you digest a bit of the hardware first and then get into the games later. But I don't think that they're gonna like cannibalize their their last big switch christmas yeah yeah that makes sense yeah like there's like with the wii u like damian was saying like you needed anything to get people excited about nintendo you needed to show show something and like yeah right now they just they did the mario kart bundle and these uh Mm -hmm. you know these other uh the switch light bundles and stuff that are coming out so i yeah they're they're all about trying to get the last hurrah on switch sales yeah and I think, yeah, then I think that next year, you know, we'll probably, I think we'll probably see something kind of more towards the spring or middle of the year. Yeah. So that we get get those early adopters out of the way and they, they can basically like be fairly stocked when it mm. comes time for the 2024 holiday rush. Yeah. Because they still have Mario coming out. Wondering, they still have Super Mario RPG. Yeah. And uh, do they have anything else? I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, they have Detective Pikachu as well right. in yeah. October, okay. too. Um, we don't really have a. We well, have the Pokemon DLC. DLC. That's probably big. But yeah. we don't have like a, like no new mainline Pokemon. Right, you know, not this Finally, one. you know, for you know, taking yeah. a little bit of Let a break. Let it cook, dude. Um, and uh, we've got the the untitled Princess Peach game next year. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. We've got the Luigi's Mansion port. Yep. Um, and then, um, 
What's that? And technically stole Metroid Prime 4. I was going to ask yeah, about nice. that, Blood. Do you think this will... Are they going to show it at this direct? Or, or do you feel like this Metroid game now at the point is going to be just on the next system? Yeah, I could see this cross thing going either way. Yeah, it could be a cross-gen cross game. It, I mean, it definitely would be, you know, like the rumors are talking about the LSS and joy tracing and stuff like that. So it yeah, could, that ray tracing on a Nintendo console is insanity to me. The, I cannot comprehend that. The Metroid Prime series is such a good showcase for that kind of new technology. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That yeah, it would be, it would it would be a shoe in, but it's also like, again, it's been in development for so long behind closed yeah. doors. It's hard to say, uh, but I do think um, there have been these also these rumors that. Um, Metroid Prime 2 and 3 mm-hmm. could come out similar to Metroid Prime Remastered. There's talk like those may be more of a port than a full on like re-engineering of those games like the first game. But yeah, I could see those just mm. dropping during a direct, you know. Uh, like the first one. I, I've given up on uh, Twilight Princess and Wind well, Waker. This is where I was going to say, this might be the time for them to drop in. Like, if it's this, not... This is like the cleanup crew of like, let's get yeah. a bunch of like last minute ports in here to yeah. like, get the, the system to the finish line to the announcement of the Switch 2. I mean, they're good through November. December is usually like a month, like you don't historically have like the huge, the, the biggest releases usually come out in December. So I think it's okay. They don't have anything that strong, like like a new full game release coming on December. Yeah. Um, I do think they need a few things sprinkled in next year because I'm kind of with, I, I'm sort of with Blood where I think a Switch successor announcement is probably happening after the start of, for me, I think it's going to happen after the start of the next fiscal year. So after sure. April 1st or later, I think it's going to happen. Um, so I think you need something in the first three months, like one or two games there, and you probably need one or two games in the second quarter. And then I think third quarter onwards, like where, whenever it's coming out, you can have a bit of a lull there because mm-hmm. like people are getting excited for the new thing. Um, so I do think ports fit nicely there because I don't think you want to burn Metroid Prime Four. I think will be uh, cross gen for sure. I don't. I think it can't just be standalone on the new system because, like, unfortunately, Metroid is not a system seller. No, uh, it's a very strong, critically received series. It is a very good performing series, but it's very clear that a new Mario Kart or a new 3D Mario is being poised for the la- like the launch yeah. game for mm-hmm. the Switch successor. Yeah, Mario opinion. Kart Tours. Winding yes. down exactly. Up. It's like so, yeah, there's, it's there's signs that Mario dude. Kart. It's next Mario happening. Kart is probably the launch title or wow. a the big launch title. As well, well, yeah, we'll see that last pack. We'll see the last Mario Kart pack. Yep. So that'll probably be there for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still waiting on some Splatoon three DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the story one too. We haven't like yeah. heard anything about that. And then. Uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, Pikmin four could have DLC? That feels like a prime. Um, Prime game that like has done super well. Yeah, I think they could have like some update for that as well. That that could definitely fit in there too. Like it may uh, not be like nope. huge, but yeah, some there's some kind of like add or, or new mode or add yeah. on or something like that. I could definitely see that happening. Obviously, they said we're not getting Zelda DLC, so that's like off the table at least for this. But yeah, ports. Like I do think maybe some kind of like Zelda will be here, just not like. But it's either gonna be a port or 
like a Crezzo style one, something like that. I could see that happening. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd love to see like a like an F Zero port, like GX port would be awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, dude. I'm open. I'm like at this point, this is where you do them. We're like, it feels like we're in, entering the last year of like mm-hmm. the Switch being the primary, the, the 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 flagship console for Nintendo. And it's like just start throwing that out there. So I take an F Zero GX like port, you know. 60 frames, like preserve that 60 frames, get it updated with visuals. I take the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports. I mean, I take, uh, you know, give me, you know, take Star Fox Zero and port it to Switch as well and get rid of the, uh, I don't know, Miyamoto <laughs> might say that's a little too far. Miyamoto be like, that's a little too much of an insult. We can't do that. Uh, they could maybe do Xenoblade. X, X, X maybe. Been, been Star Fox around. Zero works, but it only works if you have two switches. <laughs> it, it, it comes in a facto <laughs> multiplayer game. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah now you, like, yeah, we changed the mode so that if you have a two-player mode, someone controls the cockpit while you control <laughs> yeah. the fly. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I mean, actually, assault. You know, uh, not assault. Uh, what was the? No, no, assault one? is right. Yeah, yeah it's so I keep getting command and assault mixed up. Maybe I talked about assault incorrectly earlier at something. It's I talk, fine. I was talking about alternate endings, yeah. the crazy one where they were that, but that was yeah. Star Fox Command, which is for DS. Sorry, but assault could be one too. I didn't yeah. think it was that great, but I, you know, anything no, was just. Not, but yeah, Bandai Namco did that one. Yeah, I saw the rumors were saying possibly Final Fantasy VII remake on it also. Well, Which that was yeah. awesome. you mean for Switch Two? Yes, for, for Switch Two. Oh, yeah. yeah the the two. What were the two rumors that like they got that running on there just to show it? Yeah, and, and uh, Breath of the Wild was running on it. That and then the Matrix, the Unreal, Matrix Unreal Live yeah. demo yeah. just to yeah, show yeah. that that was running as well. Dude, if they did new versions of Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, that'd be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, I'm. I'm Seems maybe. A I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I would really like oh, a ten dollar upgrade. <laughs> oh, <pack>. keep dreaming, <laughs> dude. They're gonna be sixty bucks so, a pop, blood. You'll get. So yeah, I. I yeah. Or seventy, maybe we're it's gonna. Go, it's gonna. Be, it's either gonna be you need to buy into the Nintendo Switch Online subscription oh, service, no. where they're like, like we'll let you. Like here's your upgrades. You can get your upgrade to this version if you own this version. If you're already a paying member of this, and like it's the digital only, like won't be physical, or it'll be you have to like for phys- I think for physical, it's gonna be you have to buy a brand new copy. Yeah. And digital, digital, there might be an option, maybe, but I don't think it's gonna be ten dollars. I think they're gonna make you pay a minimum 20 okay maybe maybe because the and everything and just be ready for it everything on switch 2 first party is going to be 70 dollars. yep oh yeah, that, that i'm not surprised yeah, by but absolutely. you know they've they've done they've done a little upgrade pass before yeah maybe, uh, maybe they will maybe we're wrong uh sorry wrong. they did that with they did that with virtual console stuff uh from wii to wii u and they also there's just the precedent of mm-hmm. this this last gen with both xbox and playstation offering these upgrade paths. Some of them are free, some of them are paid, but I think that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean Nintendo will follow because they don't, but right. <laughs> there's plenty of room for, you know, Nintendo to do an upgrade path if it's just going to be 60 frames per second mm-hmm. and higher resolution. I do. Uh, uh, there won't be at this direct, obviously, because it'd probably be saved for the future. But like, I think of, like third-party announcements as well. Um, I'm not sure what you know, big third-party games that haven't been announced already that are coming over. Because like, I think even like Persona Three Reload is not coming to OG Switch, but so. Tactica is coming in, no- yeah. in, in November. <clears throat> but we'll probably get a few more of those third-party 
support for this. One thing just to point out real quick for Switch 2 is I do think there'll be way more support, third-party support out of the oh gate my God, yeah. this time oh, around. Yeah. Especially once they see the announcement, as long as it's nothing too outlandish. It's just like, you know, it's pretty ex- as expected what industry experts are expecting the Switch 2 to mm-hmm. deliver on. Call um, of Duty. I was going to say, yeah, Call of Duty. You think <laughs> it'll be there that same year? I, I think there'll be a Call of Duty on there. I do think they'll try and get GTA 6 running on that thing mm. in some capacity because, like, that's a lot, oh, yeah. of, that's a I lot mean, of money to leave on the table. I, I still won't be surprised if GTA 6 is a PS4, Xbox One game. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they got they got they, a, yeah. so much so much money. That's but, true, boy. Yeah, I'm expecting a lot of those big third parties to announce that, and I think that might also be a good time for Capcom uh, that uh, Monster Hunter World sequel that we all yeah, expected. That's true. Saving it for when Switch Two is finally known, so they can be like, it's coming all these platforms and I Switch. Mean, maybe maybe two. some real cross progression this time. Yeah, Capcom. yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Capcom. That would be nice. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Also, we're gonna get like a I, we're gonna get like a slew of games that didn't make it to Switch in the last. Year or so that will probably get their Switch Two versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Resident Evil Four, like, yeah, Resident Evil Four, Street Fighter Six. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Double Four will probably go yeah. on Switch Two. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything that was a big seller this year that didn't come out on Switch will probably be ported <clears> into get Switch a second Two. Chance there, yeah, absolutely. Like those Switch editions. Uh, Sigma wrote in about Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct prediction. I'm not sure. I believe a regular Direct will air, but if one gets announced, nothing substantial will be shown. There will be updates on announced games and a few new third-party announcements. Personally, I would love, I would, I would like Donkey Kong '94, the Game Boy version, uh, to be added to Nintendo Online yeah. since I need to resort to my 3DS or emulator to play it. I love going it through it every year. For a third-party announcement, I would love a re-release of Beyond Good and Evil. The game story gets me, and the gameplay complements the story so story well. If neither of these two games get uh, presented. I would like a bold new franchise and an underdeveloped genre like virtual board games. Keep being great allies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, they're under the impression that they, they think it's not going to happen. So, yeah. Which is fair. Very fair. This is not. Yeah. This is not I confirmed. mean, we were recording on Tuesday. The yeah. rumors all said it was this week. And it's like they usually announce this type of direct a day before because it's not like we can already tell it's not like a massive direct because those they give a little bit more like a two three day heads up. So I think if it's not announced by like tomorrow Wednesday, it's probably not happening this week. I mean, it could still happen like this month. You know, right. maybe just like people got the month wrong or sorry mm-hmm. the week wrong, but. I, I think there might be something, but they did do the Super Mario Wonder Brothers Wonder Direct last month. Right. And that's their big release. I still think they want to talk a little bit more about, like, you know... I mean, Super Mario RPG, I guess, is, like, pretty much a known quantity, so they, I don't know if they really need to talk about that anymore. Right. But I, I still think there's a good chance they there's something the happening. the Treehouse Live as well. Oh, yeah, they just did Nintendo Live, a Treehouse yeah. Live. So maybe, yeah, it could be maybe like, next hey, month. They, they, they could just it. be like, hey, we did all this stuff already. Like, we, we, we that's something different. We haven't done that before. That's why there is no direct this mm, month. So that's true. That could that be could true. Be. Could I be wouldn't true. be that shocked. I mean, I kind of hope there is one yeah. just because I like seeing like more updates. Um, they did mention uh, like more games being added to the, the, the online services. And, uh, one thing I will definitely say is like I feel like that Game Boy catalog, they need to speed that up. There's so <laughs> many Game Boy games. So many great Game Boy games. And I understand some are covered by collections, so they're probably not going to be on there, but there's still so many games right. that I feel like they could be adding to that. And it feels like that one, 
would be the one they'd be adding more frequently. Like I, I was expecting like maybe at least one a month, and I don't know. Like it feels a little bit slow. I mean, we have been getting. I guess maybe we have been getting one a month or more than one a month, but. I don't know. Quest for Camelot was like a weird grab, so maybe not the one I was expecting. But hey, it, it's an oddball one. I mean, there's plenty of those. Mm-hmm. You know, keep, keep releasing those. I, I want to keep those going. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Nintendo to Sony. Specifically. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they had a state of play in um, June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some decent stuff in there, but not a lot of what people well, were wanting. Was that a state of play or PlayStation Showcase? That was a showcase. You're okay. right. That right. was a showcase. Sorry, they're their yeah, thing. You were right. That was correct. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. rumor is Bloodworth that it's very like uh, Asian focused, like Japanese, Got Korean, Got and Chinese too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're definitely. And and with a lot of that stuff, keeping an eye on what's happening. Because we got Rise of the Ronin on the back burner. Yeah. We got Stella Blade on the back oh, yeah, burner. Yeah, I've seen that in forever. Yeah, and they're publishing those games. Well, they did make some updates. They did do an update like, on it, yes. Yeah. But nothing like crazy substantial. No media like updates. No. Just like they're updating their site. Yes. And like it looks like maybe they're prepping for something. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. What saying. Well, I think um, Probably a fair time for um, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, if it's think, early I, next year, I still, think yeah. A, I, think, I think it's a, probably one of their bigger ones. Um, I think maybe Dragon's Dogma could be in there. Ooh, Bloodworth. Yeah. I mean, we did see it at the last one, right? Yeah, we did. Well, was it that or Capcom had their own thing, right? I don't remember. Capcom's was like nothing. If I remember. Got it. It was like the same trailer or something like that. Right, right, right. It was right. disappointing. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, we'll see Spider-Man if they have it soon. Yeah, I feel like we'll see they, it one more probably time. probably still stick a little bit one of that One more time. Will we see that new PlayStation hardware? Will we see? Oh. That wait. new PlayStation 5 model. Oh, Pro or no, not the Pro. Which one's this it's one? It's like the equivalent. It's like just like a new version of it. Maybe like the equivalent of a Slim. Gotcha. The, the rumor okay. is there will be no disk drive on it. It'll be separate. Right. You do it separately. Yeah, that, oh, thing, right. that was a while ago. I don't know if that thing is still So, and there was like those shots of around. it in the wild. Pretty much someone leaked it kind of thing. It looks a little smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks, still looks pretty big, but it looks smaller. Yeah, definitely. but that thing was an empty case. Even, yeah. So, I don't know how realistic and that like, thing is. The Spider-Man PlayStation 5s are already out in the wild now. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know too much about that. The uh, especially with the the Project Portal or PlayStation Portal, yeah, portable, also. portal, yeah, 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 yeah. That being announced and having like you know that coming, so I don't know if like another piece of hardware announced. No, well, I don't think what they need to do is show more PSVR two stuff. Yeah. They've kind of lost a yeah. lot of like the mind share on that right now. Yeah, there've been games coming out think, here and there, but like, yeah, yeah, not a lot of people are thinking about it. about it. I think yeah, yeah that's uh, we do a weird move to be moving on to like more hardware when like you need more support for that. Like Portal is yeah. already a niche. It's not like brand new system. It's like a complement yes. to the hardware, it, which it is like me, what um, yeah. forever to figure out what the heck you were talking about. The, yes, the, the yeah, the yeah. handheld one. Oh, the this PlayStation PSP, Portable Two, yeah. the PSP. <laughs> I mean, you, but you can, it's yeah. not standalone. You can't you no, need yeah. to connect. Yeah, you need. But for that. yeah, like like having some good, you know, games to showcase on PlayStation VR two to show that there, you know, there's mm-hmm. still things in the works that are coming because, yeah, that it needs that support. I mean, it's not something that I'm personally interested in, but it seems a little weird if they were just like slow down on that so suddenly. Mm-hmm. It seemed like such a big initiative for them. The fact I that they, still think it's it's 
yeah, it's similar to like the premium controllers though. Like it's, they're going for the niche market that's going to want that. And I don't know that they need to spend a lot of time in any kind of direct when they can just put it on PlayStation blog. Yeah, people will just buy it. Um, well, what about like Resident Evil 4 VR though? Yeah, we know it's oh, coming. Oh, yeah, no, that for, showing that more, I think they, yeah, I think they could that, show like, more. Have, like, an update like, like they could have updates yeah. if there's going to be Resident Evil 4 DLC, they could show it there. Yeah. Oh, heck, I have yeah. several things I can think of. Like, one is, this is not a Japanese studio as far as I'm aware, or Asian one is, Little Devil Inside. That game That's has just, a, yeah, yeah, that game has just gone dark for a long time, so I'm like, what the hell's happening with that game right now? Uh, <laughs> where's Dragon Quest Twelve? What's going on with that? Do you oh. think they're going to do something separate for that blood? That- that won't be it. I don't. That's not having a state of play. That'll be a a, a Japanese only thing that we in s- Japanese only. <laughs> yeah, that we, we see off of some screen it, well, somewhere. No, yeah, it'll it'll be like at a Dragon Quest like event. Yeah, I think they'll 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 do it like cause when they did the anniversary event where they announced the title. Mm-hmm. I think they'll have like a showcase. I think they'll do okay. a Dragon Quest like direct. There's no reason. It's it's still such a small franchise in the West. There's no reason for them to show it in a state of play before yeah. they've really dug into it in Japan. I think one thing I could be interested in, uh, even though Epic's publishing it, Sony could still partner, uh, is uh, oh, whatever Uwaita's yeah. working yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. We oh, need to see yeah. that game, what that game actually is. I think you know that they are probably uh, rightly gun-shy about showing it too early. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Do you think it's going to be an Unreal, I assume? Oh, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. It's also Dragon Quest Twelve. They can't show it off till Switch Two is probably announced because that thing is a hundred percent coming. It's to gonna Switch. be on Switch it, Two. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I wouldn't be surprised. To leave so platform. probably gotta wait for that too. For Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see what uh, I think their name is Team Asobi, which yeah. is the Astrobot oh, people. Yeah. What their game is? We know they, they're doing. They something. probably are doing a PS, PSVR two. Yeah, hopefully. Game. Oh, yeah, or even yeah. just like a port of Astrobot would be nice, at least on PSVR 2. Well, yeah, you could get a two-for-one on that. Because they yeah, could port it both. and have a sequel, mm-hmm. uh, which would be necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, one of the best PSVR games should uh, be yeah, oh playable on the PSVR 2. Oh, God, yeah, that game on the PSVR so good. 2. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we, we mentioned Monster Hunter earlier. Yeah, Monster Hunter feels like it's... It could very well show up The rumblings are show, feeling like it's showing up if it'll just be World 2 or something different. Yeah, it's been a long time since World's gotten, like, significant updates unless, and Rise unless, as unless, well. Unless uh, Jeff locked that down. Yeah. Jeff <laughs> could lock some stuff down. I feel like Jeff would lock down from software stuff. But that's, that's what's a little like. strange to me, right? Because doesn't... Sony has a... Sony state, state of play... Tend to be close to Game Awards. Uh, that I don't know, Bloodworth. Well, I guess they used to do PSX right around. Yes, time, they did so. that. But the only reason we're thinking of it now is because they're not at TGS and they haven't been for a long time. So maybe, mm-hmm. and they have done them in September in the past. So maybe I don't know. Uh, Zach Wojnar wrote in state of play predictions: new and improved PS2 emulator on PS5, please. For paying $160 a year, we should be getting top-of-the-line emulation. Yeah. For me, the PS1 and PSP emulation on PS5 is decently good enough, so keep it up. But the PS2 emulation introduced to PS4 is sorely lacking. Oh, out. interesting. Uh, you think that yes. comes down to emulator itself or just rushing the ports themselves? Yeah. Because I know like the Switch had those issues within 64 games where they mm-hmm. had to go back and patch out mm-hmm. That's true. weird, dumb stuff. That's true. Yeah, that was yeah not good. I remember Zelda suffered from yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that water temple. Uh, Brandon K. Gain 
wrote in also. Hello everyone, in regards to the rumored direct state of play, do you think these rumors are getting more attention than normal because we're in September? which has been the month in recent years we've had the, uh, the streams, or because the most recent Direct slash PlayStation Showcase were not met with overly positively from most fans. Personally, I believe such rumors... Personally, I never believe such rumors until such confirma- uh, confirmation they're coming, but I'm always up for new streams from the major publishers. Thanks for taking some mission. If you do, stay easy, fellow allies. So, Brandon Kigan is just kind of like not... Not taking the bait until it's yeah, officially yeah, announced. Like I think that's there's really always, smart. There's always yeah, a rumor. It's yeah. very and it's smart. a really smart very thing smart. usually. <laughs> and like, so, yeah, especially like they're saying, like September's had so many of them. And it's just so easy to say one's coming. Yeah. Um, without anything to back it up, because it's just sort of a pattern. Yeah. But yeah, but we'll yeah. see. It's exciting time for video games. Lots of great stuff to play, and lots of juicy news coming down the pipeline. Probably sooner than later. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know what they could show at um, State of Play if they do it is Elden Ring DLC, if they're ready oh, to yeah. show that. They that show one, it. Jeff's got locked down. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but that, that's, Well, Blood. That's Game Awards. That's Game well, here's the thing, Blood. I think Jeff will get one thing, but From Software's doing multiple things. Right. And whatever From Software's next game is, maybe Jeff will get that, and Sony will get Elden Ring DLC. I don't know. I feel like From Software will show the wealth in that term sense maybe because they've been at microsoft before with elden ring and stuff like right. that so i don't know just more from software stuff please yeah well, we just got armored core but i still want they're also gonna double whammy yeah boom boom that's true right on boy. top of each other that's true uh we didn't talk about this or i didn't talk about this with you guys you guys did talk about this i believe in the podcast that 16 dlc is announced two oh, of them yeah uh, too early to show anything, oh, you think? Absolutely too early. Because okay. They, oh, because yeah, they're they announcing they were they starting to work on mess them. with that stuff before. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't pre-planned. And well, how long do you think this piece, is going to take then? I think they're not coming out to like next. First one's yeah, probably not coming out like to sometime summer. next year. Okay. They might have them planned to be like a two-parter. We don't know what it is yet, yeah. right? But it like, so it could be is like two pieces of DLC, but they're like two months, three months right. apart. I think it's summer summer next year for part, DLC one and PC version would be my best mm-hmm. guess. Mm. That kind of follows the uh, slightly the same path as Final Fantasy Seven remake with uh, intermission and intergrade when they came out like a year later in yeah, the summer. It did, yeah. But this is gonna have two DLCs though. That's yeah, I think thing. DLC two will probably be either the. So here's the thing. Um, I th- oh I said summer now. Now I'm rethinking it because it can't. It's not going to launch anywhere near the 14 expansion Dawn Trail. So every month that is, it's at least one month before or one month right. after. Minimum four weeks after that because they know there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, so let's assume maybe June for the Dawn Trail. I'm thinking like maybe like August for mm. part one and PC version. And then maybe December for... Part two or second DLC, okay. December, January, possibly. Okay, would be my guess. Sounds uh, possible to me. All right, it's time for sort it out. Sort it out is just a segment we talk about something that's annoying us in the game industry, game company, whatever mm. it may be. Uh, this one's I got one Bloodworth, so I don't have the full context for it though, so maybe you can explain more of it to me. 
the Unity engine oh. stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, I'm talking I know, about I have not wrapped my head around it, but yeah. So from what I've seen, is just what I've seen. I don't know the full picture, but what I've seen is like re charging you to like for reinstalling and stuff like that. Not charging the player, but but the companies yes. that are using Unity having to pay a fee. That is insane. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. That make is any, absolutely any sense insane. to me. But like I said, I haven't read through it all and wrapped my head yeah. around the whole Jeez. thing. But. It's it sounds like a nightmare. Like Agro Crab just put up a thing of like, uh, yeah, if we're on uh, Game Pass, then all of a sudden we got a whole bunch of bills to pay, um, because it's it is also like it's above a certain threshold, right? So you you don't have to pay this fee unless you're over however many hundreds of thousands in units or whatever. But it's still it's. Do you think Epic Games I, right now is just? Yeah, Unreal clapping. Yeah, because Unreal does a lot of things like that too. Doors like you can use it again, like uh, under certain thresholds, you can use it for so much. Yeah, but yeah, it it, the reaction has been catastrophic. (laughs) So I can't imagine what would justify it. (laughs) Definitely, will be interested to seeing like some like somebody that like. Rebecca Valentine or somebody to actually like, get a digest of like mm-hmm. what all the different developers are saying about the problems that it's going to raise. Um, but the biggest thing I've seen is it's just like if you're three months into a five-year project, you're just kind of screwed because you're not going to change engines right now. Oh. Um, God, that sucks. And you haven't budgeted for this. And you're just hoping for your game to sell. Ugh. And now if it does sell, you've got to deal with this other just huge, massive drain on your funding for your next game. Yeah. It's depressing. Dominante, do you have anything off the top of your head? Um, Yeah. Uh, Sword out. uh, Pay the voice actors. Mm. I know they're, like, voting whether or not Mm. they are going to strike for video games. So, uh, SAG-AFTRA might actually decide to vote to to strike against Mm -hmm. video games, which would affect that. Uh, Sad reality, though, I think is, like, Video game companies have like can completely go non-union and stuff because it's been something that's going on, but this is something I think that needs to happen. And I think when people start to see, as long you know, as long as the voice actors you know they stand together, it's like, wait, where are my favorite voice actors? They're not mm-hmm. like in current projects. We've already maybe announced people are going to be returning as those characters. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe they're not <laughs> returning. So right. what do we do now? And you know, the marketing like. Uh, Voice actors do provide a, a good part of the marketing when they're doing mm-hmm. their public appearances, yeah. going to conventions. Look I mean, at the, like, the 16 like, people. Like having like yeah, over the yeah, like yeah, like having them come to do interviews with like with us and yeah. other outlets and doing all this fun stuff, you now lose that because they will not be doing that for you anymore. So hopefully, you know, that gets resolved sooner that you know, maybe Video game companies have more rational heads on those executive shoulders than the the movie industry, which seems to be completely like, nah, we're gonna mm-hmm. like we're gonna keep going and like bleed them dry. Yeah, like they come crawling back to us. It's like, eh, no. We can only hope. Yeah. Jeez. All right, Parasite Paladin wrote in. Sort it out, Sony. Add more PlayStation One classics <laughs> to PS Five. The old good one. Oh, yeah. But keep it up, Sony. If you purchase the PlayStation One classic back on PS Three. And if that same game is released on PS5, you do not have to buy it again and can download it whenever you want. That's pretty sick, actually. I, I haven't checked if any of the ones I bought are available. Oh, yeah. I need to see. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, <clears throat> Garrett Holfish wrote in, 
Sort it out, Nintendo. Allow more customizable controls. Yeah. Oh, you right. had it right with Super Metroid having fully remappable controls in 1994. What happened? <laughs> now your games have the most minimal control customizations. I'm tired of using my index finger to hold the sprint button in Zelda huh? just so I can go right into a jump when I need to. Sort it out. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely interesting. I wonder, you know, I'm curious what the development. Uh, reasons for that are because yeah like you said you have get some games fully customizable do That's anything question, you know, blood. yeah you i wonder fourth like fourth so like you go into the advanced control settings and like you have like all of these little gradients of dead zones and things that you can change on mm-hmm. the sticks um That's cool. and uh, they have the blind assistance modes and stuff like that but um but then, like, even, like, Final Fantasy sixteen, right? Like, they added additional control options. Yeah, but they... But they didn't... They still don't let you, like, remap it to be whatever you want. You have to wait for the PC version at this point. <laughs> right. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So weird. So I understand, like, there's obviously some creator's intent behind those choices, but, yeah, what are, what are the other barriers that, you know... Is there a testing barrier? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, is it somehow, like, taking something from the A button from the trigger mean that... All of a sudden, now you've introduced a bug mm-hmm. that they don't want to have to deal with. I don't know. All right. Time for Keep It Up, the exact opposite. Something we're pleased with. I got one right away. Following 16 DLC. <laughs> Two parts. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I yeah. saw some people complaining, including my friend Dustin Furman. Shame on you. Complaining about this. <laughs> like, not being excited. It's like, what, what are you talking about? There's so much more they could explore in this world. It doesn't have to be post-game or anything like that. Just juicy extra content, get them play as other characters or something would be awesome. Imagine playing as like Sid or something yeah. or Jill would be so cool, man. Yes. Yes. Keep it up. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Well, Super Nintendo World. Um, oh. Yeah. Keep keep that up. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Because I walked over into the uh, what Hogsmeade or whatever, like right at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and like I have no affinity to Harry Potter or whatever. But, like, just walking in there is like, dude, this reminds me of, like, Final Fantasy VI. I, we need a Final Fantasy land? <laughs> freaking land yeah, we somewhere. Yeah, we do. We do. Right. Uh, I want to be, yeah. Well, yeah. blood. You can go to Japan and go to the, the Final Fantasy cafes and get a but they have a, there. All right, a cafe. But, I mean, it's not the same <laughs> thing. the food and drinks. Because here's and... the thing, Damian. This is the reason why I came up. Because from looking outside of that section of the park, I know. and same thing with Super Nintendo World, right? Looking outside of that section of the park, it was like, all right, well, it's cheesy, fake snow, whatever. But then, like, as soon as I got in, where I was like complete peripheral vision, like it just like snapped something, you know? So it was like, oh, this this feels cool to be here all of a sudden, mm-hmm. looking Definitely. up at the castle and all of that. Definitely, yeah. absolutely does. Yeah, man, Universal in Japan has, like, a one-piece thing, dude. I'm like, God! (laughs) So mad about all that stuff. Uh, Dumbass, you gotta keep it up? uh, I was gonna also tell you, but there's... They rotated it out, but they had an Advent Children... Or Final Fantasy VII ride. Oh, Oh, yeah! yeah. I I remember that. I remember that. Uh, Man, that's so cool. I wish we had something like that. It was probably, like, unofficial whatever, but didn't, like, China have, like, a World of Warcraft... Probably. Theme park, basically. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Or it's like World of Warcraft, but not really, but yes, really. <laughs> yeah. I think they have a new game coming out like that, actually, now, because you can't play Blizzard right. games in China anymore. 
how much money did you guys spend in Nintendo World? Did you get so did I you buy a, a lot of merch? Well, no, I I like had a specific like limit. So we I bought the armband. How much was the armband? Forty dollars. Forty dollars. I was like forty dollars for a flat amiibo. Before, as, up to the moment I was about, I put my credit card down to swipe or whatever. I was still like, maybe I don't do this. But I was like, this is the point. I'm here. Like, yeah. I need like, like what? Like I mean, people were able to enjoy without it, but like the app with all the tracking and stuff, it like, feels I, necessary. I wouldn't have it's been the, able to do that. And I was like, which I guess, one did you guys get? I got Mario. I got Yoshi. Cool, great yeah. ones. They have Mario, Yoshi, Toad, Luigi, Peach. Yep. And Daisy. And yep. Daisy. Wow. I've been really putting Daisy yeah. front and center nowadays. Yeah. Um, no yes, Oreo. Though. That was a yeah. It's totally, totally cool. I didn't spend a, like most of my money was like food. Yeah, yeah. that was you it. You didn't I, get any merch. No, no merch. I <laughs> really like. Yeah. Huber got the the toad, the chef, chef toad. toad. Um, <laughs> what? What chef toad? So the cafe, the cafe. There's yeah. a whole chef toad thing going on. Okay. While you're eating or whatever, we didn't go to the cafe, but a couple patrons did. Um, uh, but in the merch store, they have like a little figurine. Oh! And Huber's fell in love with it without even knowing that's <laughs> what it was from. It's because it's cooking, dude. Um, but I looked around and there's like there's cool stuff, but there's there's nothing that was like, oh, I gotta have it. Sure. And so like all I got was just like one of those little bullet mm-hmm. bill candy dispensers. Oh, that's cool though. At least Don yeah. has a sick shirt from there. Yeah, yeah we saw it they yeah. in the yeah the boo shirt. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a good that shirt. Was pretty cool. And then. Um, my wife not, not quite collects, but gets these. Like we've got several of these, like kind of touristy uh, Starbucks mugs mm-hmm. uh, from different cities and stuff. And they have one that's specific to Universal. Oh, cool! Yeah, they um, have those like. Disney so I texted her like, "Is there anything you want?" And was like, "Get one of those mugs." And like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. nice. Found that's that. awesome. I'm glad you guys had a good time." All right, uh, this is from Kenneth Childs. Keep it up. I just finished The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. Heck yeah. And it's the first game of the series that I've played on PC since Durante's porting studio, PH3 Games, started doing the ports. Man, this is a good port. Not only does it have all Mm. the graphics control options that you should expect from a PC game, it's got some great added features. My favorite is the ability to launch the game into your most recent save. You don't have to go through the logo screens, opening movies, or menus. You just launch... The game and you're immediately back where you left off. Keep it up, PH3 Games. That's pretty cool. Just yeah. launch immediately into the game. Yeah. Love that. All right, we got some shout outs as always to some of our most generous patrons over there on patreon.com slash easy as there in the platinum producer uh, tier. We got Jabawabs, Elfanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Garrett Holefish. Shout out, everybody. Thank shout you out. for shout supporting out. us. We appreciate it. All right, dude. You got to tell me, man. What is going on with this game? I see Brad over there. Clasped me his hands together. You got to tell me. What's Brad? Brad brought something else. What's Brad talking? I was like, ooh, what did Brad got? Oh man. Um, You got to tell me. He's like getting giddy with the satisfaction of knowing my pain and suffering (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of playing through Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis for mobile phones for iOS and Android devices. Um, let's start off with like what this is. So it is uh, a mobile gotcha slash like grindy game that that focuses on three chapters of the Final Fantasy VII universe. The core game, Final Fantasy VII, um, 
First Soldier. First First Soldier and Christ God, Crisis Core. Crisis Core. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, those are the three that are currently mm-hmm. in there. Um, it sounds like eventually they'll be adding more because Dude. it's supposed to cover like the entire. When they get to Dirge's servers, yeah, like Dirge, man. Advent Children. Who knows what else is going to be in there? I think they're going to put in. Um, I think it's called uh, the fir- the first phone game. Maybe it's Ever Crisis. This is before or? Crisis. Oh, before ev- Crisis. Yeah, this Ever is Ever Crisis. One of them's like, th- yeah. There's like the anime, then there's the one that with the like game. Turks or whatever. Yeah, right? that's what that's the one. I'm thinking. I, yeah, whatever I'm, the hell it's called. Yeah, there was an anime one. I forget what that one was yeah. too. Like I think it's yeah, before the, Crisis. Yeah. I don't know. Dude. I don't remember the names Anyways, anymore. Yeah, but hopefully, like the good news is like maybe all that will be here and in a playable form. That's like a, that's a positive here. Um, the thing here to understand is they're not presented as like streamlined seamless experiences through the story of a game. Um, they are present. If you've played crisis core, you're probably more familiar with the structure where there isn't anywhere to really explore. You launch into missions from a menu and then you're confined to that little small segment of the game. So like even the Midgar reactor is not one whole stage. It's part of the Midgar reactor. The bombing run is like you do the first part. Maybe there's a cut scene with this, a bunch of dialogue. That's like the next part. Then you go back to the menu. They have to load the next part of the mission. And so it's very, very piecemeal, very, very segmented, very, very broken up. And it doesn't even cover everything you saw in the original game. For example, you do the bombing run mission, you blow up the reactor, you go back to Seventh Heaven immediately. You're right there, and you do that. You do the the, the meeting there. You don't even you know, go downstairs. You, right. you, you, you don't there. even go down there. You just like have a conversation. Then you immediately go to the next reactor. You don't have like the train segment with the security checkpoints. You just there. It's just very streamlined and cut, it, cut, it skips over a lot of stuff. But the big beats are still there. You still fight like the Scorpion Sentinel. You still fight the Airbuster. You're still fighting like one of those like magic looking mech things. I forget their name that like are also in like remake as well. You fight like you do have random encounters when you're exploring the area. Like you walk far enough, eventually it'll trigger a random encounter. There are bot like the boss fights are boss fights. Like they they're, they're it's very cinematic presentation for the combat. Full 3D models that look like the FF7 remake or the Crisis Core remaster like it's very yeah, they look high good. end but when you are in the cutscenes like the the conversational cutscenes and or just exploring the environment it's like an enhanced version of OG Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. looks very chibi. nice i will say yeah it's got that chibi look but like it's very nice mm-hmm. um and it that is the one thing i lament the most and wish for is that i just wish i could get a version of Final Fantasy 7 done in these visuals <laughs> with this soundtrack that i could just pay 40 50 dollars for sure. i would take that over what i'm getting here this is like a sampler appetizer i'm not getting fully satisfied off of any component of this um in terms of uh having like a fully fleshed out like a gameplay experience right now this is uh, as i said also like this the visuals are great i'm running this on the iphone 8 plus yeah the ancient thing right there uh lowest settings there are graphical settings so there's like low medium high and ultra so you can like crank it up if you got like switching in that new iphone 15 mm-hmm. you probably can crank it up to ultra easily yeah dude you're fuck- yeah, running death like, stranding on that yeah, thing yeah like and it like even on my iphone 8 plus it looks really good and runs smoothly like no hiccups or anything like that so pretty impressive that they mm-hmm. got this to run but also again it's also very compartmentalized so like that's how they think they're getting around a yeah. lot of this soundtrack is phenomenal yeah um 
we already had seven remake and and integrated intermissions like redo like rearrangements of these classic themes that blew me away. They're still doing it. They're still doing new versions of these songs and like they're making them even like more epic sounding. And I'm like, oh wow, like we like you kind of like one up that like like you had like one more like instrument or something to this piece, so it's like a little bit more mm-hmm. ele- like elaborate. I'm like, oh, this is nice. So like great soundtrack on there. Um, it's only Japanese VO, I think, as of the moment. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I maybe I haven't gotten the options um, to change that, but it defaulted to me Japanese. to the Japanese VO, which is completely fine. Like everything else is like the chibi parts aren't voiced; it's just text bubbles mm-hmm. again. Uh, very easy to follow. Uh, like a lot of options, like you can like auto advance the text. You can just skip everything. Um, everything it's all touchscreen controls. So like when you're moving around, you can either tap a spot and your character will walk to it, or you can just hold and drag. You know, like like a, a virtual con- analog stick. So like mm-hmm. it'll move in that direction. And then you had to have like things you tap on the screen for combat. So combat is just the ATV bar building up. When you have a, it's like thirteen. It's literally thirteen when you have enough. Or I mean, it's also seven remake but when you have enough you can spend it on a skill um and then it just keeps recharging after you've played enough of the opening of the game it unlocks all the features and one of them is this auto battle okay. and honestly for all the remedial combat you're just gonna be hitting auto battle. jones is pleased dude oh he's gonna be pleased dude, I gotta, and jones you can hit the speed game. up button too like the speed up button <laughs> there auto we battle and speed up jones about this go man fast. we gotta know it looks things. ridiculous it's like <laughs> but for boss encounters um, you can auto battle, but there's you still need to. Um, the big mechanic of boss battles so far is that they have either an attack you can interrupt, so you got to attack it enough times, and mm-hmm. it'll be interrupted, or there'll be like this like enemy symbol above its head that starts like charging up, and you have stances in this game. You have the offensive and defensive stance. Before it fills up, you need to manually tap on the defensive icon so your team goes into defensive stance so they minimize the damage. Auto battle will not handle that for you as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, it might be, sometimes it's been luck, but like the optimal timing I think is you still want to tap it. And then your limit breaks. You need to manually activate those as well. You can stack them. So like if you get like two at a time or three at a time, you just click all three or two and those go back to back. And like they have like a multiplier that activates when you like do multiple at a time. Mm. So there is and obviously people I've read that a little bit further than I am. Like there are some boss encounters where if you want to like beat them a little bit better, like quick more efficiently, you'll want to go manual maybe over what the auto battle does. Sure. Because you get experience and resources when you beat a battle and you get a every battle you get a ranking and i think s might be the highest because i'm keep getting s i'm not even doing anything i'm just getting s ranks i'm sure there are lower ranks yeah so this sounds very simple like that doesn't sound so bad like Mm -hmm. this sounds pretty decent so far um so let's introduce you to the mobile mechanics hold on before we get into that i have a question how far does this like for seven you're playing seven. Oh, par- how so, far does it go? Okay, so you have to, you go until I believe you. I gotta remember this. You uh, meet Aerith and fight Reno, and then it unlocks uh, Crisis Core. Okay. And you get booted out of seven. You can't advance any further in seven. You have to go to Crisis Core. Okay. Wow. Then you have to advance. Yeah. So you are gated at points. So uh, I think where I'm stuck now is on the uh, the the tower part, Reno Rude Part Two, going mm-hmm. up to that. Um, a lot of people are getting stuck on that part so too. So it makes you go back and forth. You gotta go back and forth. So you can that like that's kind of annoying too. Yeah. I wonder if they'll change that in the future. But yeah, like I was like, wait, why can't I go? What's after the Reno battle? Like, why can't I 
I want to escort Aerith home. What what is this? I'm like, no, you must do this because there are certain features that are gated until you've done certain things. So I think they wanted to introduce certain mechanics in different right. games, mm, and then it kind of like frees you up at a point where you could just go forward in either game. Well, any do of the you three know games. how far it'll go? Will it go till like the end of yeah. seven? Yeah. Oh, okay, it's like the whole thing. I'm pretty sure. It go, like I don't know if it's currently available because I haven't gone that far and I haven't read if anyone's gone to the end. Like maybe it is. There's a like a soft end right now, and they're waiting for an update because they are doing constant updates to this game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the yeah, monetization. Novel, okay, so this all sounded like fine and nice, but I mean, there are just so many, so many different like systems and currencies that you have to manage and deal with in order to progress in this game. So you have your characters, and then they all have like gear that you have to like the gear, the weapons. Um, materia, like, like you have to like earn this stuff. Some of it is through the gotcha system. So gotcha gets you characters and gets you like weapons. Um, and I think some the gotcha gets you characters. Yeah. So like a ver- like a sorry, not characters. Um, it's just weapons. Sorry, it's just weapons. Um, it tricks it tricks me because it looks like a character symbol when it's a five star. So it's like, oh, it's cloud. I'm like, they get a cloud. It's like, no, it's a five star cloud weapon. So weapons are through the gotcha draw system, and you can either use uh, depends on what type of it it is. There's like seasonal promotional stuff where you have to use like paid currency. There's like blue crystals which you earn. Uh, through the game, there's red crystals, which are paid crystals. Then there are like tickets, like draw tickets, gotcha, gotcha tickets you earn through the game as well um, that you can spend as, uh, uh, on those as well. And there's like three or four different categories of draws of whip weapon types. There's like rant, like limited time ones, like just sets, and like it gets kind of confusing, honestly. It's a little overwhelming. And that's how you like draw in new weapons. And then you can enhance those weapons using like resources. So like in those battles in the game, you earn like other resources uh, on top of experience. So you're leveling up your characters. Um, then you have uh, their gear. You can enhance their gear. Like the gear has a level as well. So weapons have a level. They start up to level 20. Then you can break that and go up to higher levels. Then you can like enhance other parts of it. Then you have materia slots. You can unlock more materia slots. I think you start with like one or two at the beginning. And then you can enhance materia as well. Um, and that gives you like your spells. So basically you have like a loadout. You have all this gear that you can slot in. There's a option to do recommended, but you still have to manually go into each of them and upgrade them and spend resources. And you, each character, when you've like equipped all this gear and you got your character level, effect is it gives you a power level basically. And you can have up to three party members in some, in most battle situations when you get far enough. And you have a combined power level. Your missions that you select have a recommended power level. So when you're under it, you're probably going to get your ass kicked and like have no chance of beating it. So this is where you will start hitting gated stuff, like around like the 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 tower part where I was at. Like you really are not going to like you're just playing normally. You're not going to be ready for that. You're going to have to go through and spend time. You have a uh, story missions. Um, which is like the default stuff. You have solo missions, which are like dungeons, like rerun like an area. It, like a dungeon's like part of the Mako reactor. And like they have these glowy spots, which are like boss encounters. And the more you do, the more resources you earn. But you have to spend stamina to do these. There's also like weapon enhancement quests. There are limited time events you can do as well. There's a co-op thing. I haven't like done that yet. 
Um, and then there's like I think one other category I can boot up in a second, double check. But all these require some kind of like either concurrent a stamina to participate in, and you're trying to earn all these resources and currencies to enhance your characters to like to to improve their weapons, their materia, their their like their the gear. You can also go to this exchange where you can exchange for like cosmetic stuff. So uh, like if you saw that artwork of all that cool outfits, I got a Tifa's alt outfit. But uh, like, you know, they just introduced a new beach outfit for her, like a summer beach wear one that you can like get. So mm -hmm. they're doing that. And while you can earn those through playing the game, the cash shop. Yeah, let's talk Here about we that. Go. Yeah, yeah. So I took a look at the cash shop. I want to bring this up for you, but when I see <laughs> when I see a price tag that's more expensive than any current gen game for anything, oh. I just start freaking the hell out. I'm like, why? Why is there just not an option for me to pay like forty, fifty dollars and get all this stuff? Because that's what it is. So here we go. Here, here, I'm, I'll show this to you. They got a shop. They got all these things. They got like, they got like daily stuff. Like look at these prices. Goes up to the like le le legendary packs. Yeah, what's the most expensive? So thing? the most expensive legendary pack is seventy dollars monthly epic pack one. It comes with red crystals, which you need, and then a bunch of resources for upgrading. Oh, there's also gill in this game, mm -hmm. which you can also buy stuff with as well. Twenty thousand gill. Yeah, twenty thousand gill. Then you have the passes. You have like uh, these are like daily. These are like boost packs for you. There is a season pass as well. <laughs> they got the two tracks. They got like the free one, yeah. and then they got the premium one as well. Then they got like yeah they got like daily ones that like you can spend and they they refresh every day. Those go up to thirty nine dollars. Is that the most expensive one? Yeah, seventy no seventy dollars for a daily one. Daily pack. Yeah, then they got like the crystal packs. These are the ones to like you can spend for draws, uh, and then you can buy gill as or spend gill to buy stuff like that. And then you come down yeah you come down to you go to the draw shop and like here like look special. The special one only uses red crystal so it's a guaranteed five star but you gotta use the paid currency only mm. and any of like other featured ones which you can uh, use like blue or red you do earn blue in the game but red is paid only and then you can use tickets you earn through different like activities in the game but again all these activities when you go to the home screen the home screen has like your story content, but solo content is where you get to grind out most of the stuff. And they have like limits on this, like the stamina system. You have to spend stamina. You see, there's like a stamina cost. I see. And then there's like a there's like a reset timer in some of these as mm -hmm. well. So it's just, yeah, it's a lot. And then like uh, like the party screen. <laughs> Like, just look at that. Like, all those slots. That looks cool and yeah. shit, but, like, all that stuff, you got to, like, it's not normal systems. Like, if this was a normal, straightforward RPG with just, even if it was episodic like this, I'd be down to pay, like, yeah. you know, a fixed price and, like, play each of these individually. <clears throat> yeah. And so that's where you're losing someone like me. I understand this is, some people like that kind of, like, gambling aspect of yeah. it. Like, the, yeah. I drew that cool thing. I want that high rush. Those pulls. And yeah, they're going for the whales. This is like my biggest disappointment is that this could have been something. Yeah. That, yeah. I honestly, I expected it to be like this yeah. the whole time. To be fair, yeah. And like, that's all pretty standard mobile stuff yeah, with it the is. pricing. But yes, I understand because it's Final Fantasy VII. We're, we want it to be pristine. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, there's some good parts to it, no doubt. But just 
No, my, the monetary stuff. Yeah, my, the slot machine in the story. Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> the, the bummer of the thing is that some content will only be through, like First Soldier. It's offline now. So yeah. F First Soldier storyline, especially if it becomes somewhat relevant mm -hmm. in Rebirth or future ones. <laughs> yes, it right. will. And probably. if they add in the older stuff, that like it's yeah. the JP only mobile game, it's like, or phone game, it's like, wait, what? Like, I have to play it through this? Man, like, I would rather have, like, a po like 15 Pocket Edition. Like, make yeah, 7 Pocket Edition or something like that and, like, sell it separately. Dude, make a, make a cutscene out of it like they did with some of the Kingdom Hearts mobile Almost stuff. Almost, I take that. Also, there's the old, the watch ads thing. Oh, okay, <laughs> you can, yeah. You can do two of those a day oh, to get more yeah. currency. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So it is full in yeah. on that you can be spending so much money on this game and that's what they want and to me that's like that's not me i just want to pay a fixed mm -hmm. price yeah, and jump same. in so I, I i played a good amount of this like like several hours of this but i think like unfortunately i'm out so and yeah. it's it just stinks because the first soldier stuff i really would like to experience that's what that. i'm the most curious yeah. about yeah yeah, I haven't installed, but I've not touched it yet. It is a pretty big install. You can do like the full install. To f it's like five gigs, I think. But you know, it's the same thing. You get like constant updates to the game. Mm -hmm. They're doing notices. They do give you like the daily logins. The, the the you know you do like the bonuses for like doing consecutive days. Right. So there is a way to play for free and not spend any money on any of this and like keep longer. going. It's just not just that. It's just like having to keep track of the different systems to enhance. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm already all in on one of these games with 14. I don't need. <laughs> a, I don't need something else like this in my yeah. life. Well, I mean, it's the yeah. same thing with uh, the Disney Speedstorm. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, you know, and they put that on on consoles as well. But, but yeah, it's just there's so many weird little currencies and things going on that it's like. I, I, you know, I that it just completely overwhelms the the idea that like, oh, this is actually a good, fun racing game, because what's this crystal and that crystal and that thing and yeah, all the little things that you have to keep track of. Yeah. Um, yeah. My hope is that maybe at some point in the future, if like the fun sales of this slow down, like the 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 microtransaction sales start slowing down, they consider maybe doing like a standalone release of this like oh we're gonna like, and, yeah well i think they just that mega man game right yep they released the offline version yeah of it. offline <laughs> yeah this does require a connection too so this game goes into maintenance and stuff and you can't play it yeah so that's another thing with this is that you're at the you know it's, the it's a service game you're yeah. going to have to like i can't just play it at any point i want to like seven remake it's like yeah. oh i can just jump in or og7 i can just play it anytime this maintenance nope. you're you're locked out uh matt roden Howdy, Brad and Co. I'm now a few hours into Final Fantasy Ever Crisis and am so far mostly enjoying the fast-paced nature of the game with each mission lasting only a few minutes. Yep. Great for the classic played on the public transport feel. Mm -hmm. However, now that I've completed a few chapters of the three main storylines, I can start to feel the gotcha components of the game <laughs> creeping in. As a veteran of countless classic RPGs, I was expecting there to be some grinding, even looking forward to it, but now the fear is creeping in that the grind is going to quickly, uh, the quickly quicken and more aggressively be used as a tool to force more gotcha engagement, yep. which I have very little interest in. How are the allies finding the game so far? And if the and is the same gotcha fear there for you? Also, thanks for taking my question. Do you love respect, Matt? Uh, yes, Damiani's feeling the fear. Yeah, I started to feel it. I'm like around. I think about we're probably around like the same point. It sounds like and. 
Yeah, just going into like the Reddit threads to see people who were like further ahead or how, how long it took for people to get past it without paying. It's like it is a like people are like that was more grinding than I expected to do. And like these are some from some people who have played a lot of these mobile games. Like they right. are really pushing you, nudging you like you need pay up, mm-hmm. man, and pay up if you really don't want to deal with this. And it's like, nah, like I'm nah, nah, not nah, that's nah, 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 nah. not getting me on that. All right, let's move on to our final game. Uh, the the making of, or is it just the making? The making of Karateka, yeah. M- making of Karateka, yes. I did not write of. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is this blood? Yeah, this is interesting. So this is like they're basically digital eclipses over here making a new genre. Uh, <laughs> so especially as a follow up, um, you know, last year they did the Atari Fifty collection. You know, and and like in a lot of their collections or whatever, they've had like a lot of these box arts and other documents and stuff. This is like, and I've been obsessed with this yesterday because I thought I'd just pick it up and and uh, you know get through it real quick or whatever. And I've been hours and hours, and I'm like seeing it all now. Uh, but yeah, it's like an interactive documentary museum piece where they, you know, it stretches over like five chapters, but then they have like all these timelines. So it's like as you go through it. And like look at an, an item or watch a video or whatever, it'll like you know fill in like a little bubble on the timeline, um, and and it's really it's super fascinating to me for a number of reasons. Number one, you know, uh, my my old friend Chris Kohler, uh, who's over at Digital Clips now. This is like basically the main project he's been involved with like since he started working there, um, and uh, but then along with that. I'd never heard of this freaking game. This is the game that Jordan Mechner made before Prince of Persia. And the kind of like one of the introductory, because they have these little like documentary videos are like three to four minutes a piece typically. Um, and so like the kind of one that gets you sort of into what all is going on. It's got, you know, one of the founders from id Software in there. It's got one of the founders from like Ultima Online in there. It's got John Tobias from Mortal Kombat in there. All of them talking about like just how obsessed they were with this game, how influential it was, and I'm just like, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, I never heard of it. You know, this game, and and groundbreaking in terms of what it was doing um, for animation, for like make like cinematic um, language in a video game, for like story in a video game, for even music in a video game, because this is an Apple II PC release in 1984 that Jordan Mechner made while he was in college. Uh, and the way this thing plays out is it like, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it's like the only other way that I could see you experiencing this in a similar way is if there was like a museum exhibit and you walked around a museum exhibit and you saw all of this stuff out there because there are just so many different mediums that are represented. So like I said, there are... Uh, these little mini documentaries here and there. You watch a little video for a couple minutes and cool. And then maybe there'll be like things down the node. So like you go like the timeline uh, horizontally, but then sometimes the node will have like additional materials below it. So like if you have something about him drawing or whatever, then you can go down and then you can see like all of the graph paper with the sprites on it or the storyboards for what the story is going to be like or his notes or screenplay or but what's even crazier is throughout this they've also got letters 
back and forth between him and publishers. And so like here I'm you know I'm making this game or whatever. Would you be interested in sending it? And then they say yes. And then he's got a letter that goes back with the copy of the game. And then they send back notes. And mm-hmm. then the revisions, the back and forth of what they think's wrong with the game. And then a couple of months later, he sends a new build. And just just like it's just wild. And then his his dad uh, was really involved in a lot of ways, but he he composed the music. Oh. Um, and so they have a lot of these videos are like interviews with him and his dad there telling their stories about what they remember and, and like add a piano to where they can kind of go through some of the themes and stuff. But in addition to all of that, in addition to like having like shots of sheet music in there, they've also have a 15 minute podcast from Kirk Hamilton breaking down like all the notation structure and all of this and we're talking for like theme songs that are like three to four seconds long you know (laughs) just breaking it all down and 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 one of the things because of how limited the technology was at the time with the apple ii the original version the apple ii could not animate and play music at the same time oh man that's funny so basically it was designed to where you would have like this thing play out and there'd be a, a dramatic pause and then a little bit of music would play <sighs> and then the next little scene and then it'd be like cross cutting as you're walking back and forth and and okay so now if you're like me and had no idea what car take even is uh the easiest like analog i can give to this is it is uh sifu in 1984 mm. oh. so uh, and and again, at a time when like most games were like maze games or asteroids or all of this kind of stuff, this was like the first kind of one of the first kind of like actual like martial arts fighting types of things. And so the way it works is that um, you you run left to right, and then you've got a punch and a kick button, and you and then with the joystick you know do high, mid, low attacks against these enemies. Um, and you've got um, uh, life bars on the bottom, which are triangles. And what's interesting is, so when you, you know, obviously when you hit or, or take a hit, like, you know, triangles go away. But then if you kind of like back off, then they'll regenerate over time. Oh. Uh, and so that's part of the strategy is like, oh, I'm taking a bunch of hits. Let me back off for a second. Let me kind of like refill my health and then go back in and... Um, and then uh, part of the craziness of the increasing difficulty is so you have like a combat stance and you have just kind of like a running walking stance. And so when you take down a guard, because you're trying to get to the end of this palace to like rescue the captured princess, right? Just very like basic stuff. Um, but when you take down a guard, then another, the, then the, the emperor or whatever, he sends out another guard. So you've got to run as far as you can make it through the game before the next guard catches up to you, and then you got to go back into combat stance. Mm. If you keep running, the guy will just hit you, and you're dead. Game <laughs> over. You have to be in combat stance okay. to block. And one of the ways that they they've got a couple of trolls in the game. One of the trolls is in the second level. There's a bird that comes out. And this is like an infamous bird. It's like a Ninja Gaiden bird kind of thing. Oh. Because when the bird comes out, 
again, if you don't stop in a combat stance, the bird just flies in and hits you, <laughs> and you're dead. Um, but then, like, when you when you hear it, because there's a bird sound effect, you're like, Arr! and so it's like, okay, stop. And then you're waiting to see whether it's going to be high, mid, or low, and you got to, like, kick at just the right time to hit that bird. Otherwise, it's going to take a couple of knocks off of your, your health bar, and then you got to, like, start the next fight with the next guy with a lower health bar. But even as you're, like, going through the guys, your health bar isn't always consistently the same. Like, it'll refill after a fight, but when it refills, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter based on the difficulty of the next enemy. They'll have, because it always, when you're both at full health, it always fills up the whole bottom of the screen. So sometimes they'll have more health than you have, mm. and you have to like work from that disadvantage. Okay. And then it gets harder and, and harder as you go through. And then the best troll in the game, I'm just talking about the game at this point, but is with that combat stance versus running stance, after you've gone through all the guards, and after you've gotten past the traps, and after you've uh, beaten the killed the bird, you actually have to have like a fight with the bird before <laughs> the final boss. And you take down that final boss. You walk into the uh, room with the princess. If you walk up to the princess in combat stance, she will kick you in the face and game over. <laughs> because you're in, in combat, combat stance. stance. That's funny. <laughs> you have to run up to her, and then you'll have the hug smooching animation. In that's it. funny, it's man. so funny. But anyways, so that's the game, and I've actually been obsessed with the game as well. Uh, but you go through the, like, this whole timeline of, of everything that's gone through. So you, you start with him getting, like, an Apple II to program on and, like, making a clone of Asteroids and selling that to... Because software is so such a novel thing, it's like selling it to like a book publisher, and then the the uh, publisher then like getting essentially a, like a cease and desist or whatever from Atari, and so then he's had to like change the Asteroids game. But here's the thing: these games ended up never getting published, but they're in here, and you can play them. Whoa, mm. that's sick! Yeah, and then the next game he made it was is called Death Bounce, and it was kind of still kind of a take on Asteroids, but it, the first version. You've got balls bouncing around the thing, and he sent that off to Broderbund, and they're like, "Okay, you've, you're doing like your programming is amazing, but like this just isn't very interesting." And so they like, like I said, months back and forth, mm-hmm. this and this and that, and eventually he just like, "All right, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got more interesting things in the works. Like I'm not actually gonna like, you know, do any more revisions mm-hmm. on this." Uh, but again, there are like four prototypes of this game and a remastered version of the game <laughs> in there that still like it it tries to look as much like the uh, the original games as, as it could but it actually like implements some of the feedback that they got from focus testers and stuff and like you know makes the momentum of the ship feel better and 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 turns it into a twin stick shooter with mm-hmm. kind of like modern controls and stuff and so it's like oh this is like an actual like playable version of this concept of this game that was never released mm-hmm. and then when you get to Karateka itself similarly it's like you have the uh the initial prototype that he sent to Brotherbund and then they they were like okay this is cool, this is great, but, like, we think it still, like, needs more levels and progression and variety and mm-hmm. stuff. And so then he flew out to California for the summer between 
semesters in college and worked with their team hmm. to basically finish the game. Wow. Um, and But you have, like, each of these different builds, basically. It's like, okay, here's when they put the second level in, but there's not an ending. And here's when they put the third level, and then here's the final game. Uh, and then they have a remastered version as well. Of, and, and what's crazy about this is uh, the head of uh, Digital Eclipse, Mike, Meek, Mike Micah, um, he had been wanting to, like, port this, like, 30 years ago. Wow. Um, and so he didn't just remaster it for modern machines he wanted to figure out like what oh also <laughs> i didn't even get to this there's also the commodore 64 version and the apple or uh, and the apple uh, the atari version oh uh the atari pc version um are in there too and they went through the whole process of of porting that and interviews with the person that ported that anyways uh but with the remaster he didn't want to just remaster it for a modern PC necessarily without any limitations. He wanted to sort of like get to the the root of why this game was so hard to port because those secondary ports that they worked specifically uh, in line with Jordan to do, those were all seen as being pretty good. But then like everything after that, like the IBM version and the Famicom version, and like they were all like horrible, like really bad reputations for how bad they ported them. And when Mike Micah did this for this collection, he basically made up like a fantasy PC that doesn't exist. It's like somewhere <laughs> around the era of like VGA PCs, Amiga PCs. So like, let's say like 10 years later, if you had remastered it then, because he wanted to see where the limitations were and, and, and why this was so difficult. And, Basically, one of the main things it comes down to is is the AI, mm. is that he, Jordan had just so finely tuned the AI that if you basically change just about anything else in the game, it breaks the AI. <laughs> um, and so he was saying, like, even with this remaster, as happy as they are with the remaster, and they even pulled in things that, like, had to sit on the cutting room floor because Jordan had to go back to college. They put those in the remaster. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, he still says like the AI is the weakest part of of the remaster because just what he was doing was so good and so so groundbreaking. Uh, but there's just so much other stuff in there. Like there's this uh, because one of the things that he did, which was crazy, is he filmed his family's karate instructor uh, doing karate moves, and then he filmed his dad like running and like climbing up onto a car to get these different animations, and then he took. Uh, a moviola to go frame by frame and then trace their their bodies mm. from the footage. Yeah. And then he took this thing called like a VersaWriter and traced that onto the Apple II to get the pixels and then cleaned up the pixels. And so there are these parts in there where you can actually take all four of those different layers. Wow. Uh, and then kind of like turn them on and off or like increase their opacity so you can see like the final pixels on top of the sketch, or you can see the rough pixels on top of the footage of his dad. And just all these little things that you couldn't really, like you could sort of show them in a movie, Mm -hmm. but not really. And just the fact that like, yeah, that you can just like read all of these letters and backs and forths and like him not having it when they were wanting to make a car take a two. And he's like, yeah, well, if you're going to do that, like, you need to pay me royalties. And it's like, well, you're not really doing any work on it. It's like, but I made the thing that you're trying to, mm-hmm. <laughs> this car take a two that never happened. Yeah. Uh, because eventually, like, 
the real Karateka 2 is Prince of Persia. Yeah. So crazy. Uh, it's a wild thing. Yeah, it sounds uh, insane. And and yeah, like I said, just was obsessed with it last night, just going through the whole thing. And then like once I had actually gone through the whole thing, it's like okay, now let me go back to the remastered, played through all of the remastered thing, uh, and then I'm like then I okay now let me go back to the original. But just even seeing like the differences between prototypes and the controls and stuff like that, and then one of the challenges with the Commodore version and the Atari version is their joysticks only had one button. Mm-hmm. And so you had to go from a two-button punch-kick to short press is punch, long press is kick. Is kick. Um, but even there, the difference is because he was pushing the Apple II so hard that like when he would have like complex scenery, which is just like a gate that you walk through, the, the, the game would basically slow down mm-hmm. and the, the frame rate would would, would be slower the the uh, the atari version didn't have that issue so what it was actually even though you had to deal with the short press long press it's kind of the easier thing to get accustomed mm-hmm. to and then you go back to the original which is kind of the still kind of the best in terms of everything put together but then the commodore 64 they did completely different music so just wild that is wild so many different things yeah. and it's like i've loved to look Diving into it, like, again, like, a game that I never heard of. And so, like, going through these steps and not knowing, not having the reference point of this game, but seeing it kind of form mm-hmm. through this timeline. Uh, and then just seeing, like, all of these aspects of the development process that you usually don't get to see. Yeah. Them going back and forth and, like, what's going to be written on the back of the box and all of that stuff. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Big history lesson. Yeah, and you know this is what they essentially call the f- the first of the Gold Master series. So I'm really curious. What will be next? What will be next? Yeah. Would they ever get to do something like the first Final Fantasy? Oh. And the things that you know. Yeah. You know, all fed into you know that moment happening. You know, That'd there's a awesome. lot of potential yeah. for for what they're doing. Definitely. Sick stuff. All right. We're going to end the show with some emails. If you want to send an email to us, head over to patreon.com slash easyallies, $5 and up, sending questions to this show, Easy Allies podcast, reaction shots, all that good stuff. All right. Let's go. First one is from Jiggy Diggs. <laughs> Greetings, allies. I am looking forward to the new Forza game. Flashback to early 2022. I would have laughed at the thought of a future, future me being excited for a simulation racing game. But I, I took the leap into GT7 in March of 2022 and fell nice. in love. So much so, so that it's changed the way I look at all, I look and talk about cars. My question for the allies is this. What games of unfamiliar genres have you taken a chance on that makes you fall in love with the new genre of games? So, and then we just took a weird genre we took a chance on. We ended up loving it. Uh, I did play GT7 and I did really like it. It's just time yeah essentially yeah i mean it's a lot of times what it comes down to yeah where i was like oh this is really cool uh, I like yeah when, when uh flight simulator came out um you know that's like something that i i haven't spent a lot of time with and you know i was i was digging it i was doing like these like kind of like bush plane flights over south america or whatever mm-hmm. i was like this is cool mm-hmm. you know i could definitely put some more time into it um but 
uh, yeah, as, as we're saying, it's like there's always, it always feels like there's something, some yeah. project to knock you out of whatever weird thing you might be getting into. Oh, I actually have the better answer. It's, um, it's a CRPG. When I played Divinity 2, that was oh, like the yeah. first time I ever really played sure, one yeah. of those ever. And I was like, wow, this is super good. And like, I've been trying to play Divin- or uh, Baldur's Gate 3, and it's like so good. So, yeah, definitely that for me. Uh, Demon? Yeah, uh, FTL. FTL, yeah, like dude, you love like, FTL. Yeah. I see I'm you play that game. Like, I feel yeah. like at least once every two weeks here. Yeah, just that uh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, this is such a. I don't know if I exactly said this, but I wanted to throw it in there just because. Um, once, uh, yeah, because of the uh, with Karateka, the the like the, with the Mortal Kombat guy in there, like after I had like processed enough of this stuff, like. I could totally see it. It's like, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat is a hundred percent this mm. game because it was like their first game was like, you know, like even though there was the the gore and fatalities and stuff, it was still very rooted in like grounded martial arts and filming people and taking that film and putting it, turning it into sprites. And it's mm-hmm. like it's the same same process, process you know, in that one in one combat. Like, yeah, it's like Definitely. this is the progenitor of that, and I just had no idea it existed. Yeah. All right, next is from NeoJD. At the time of me writing this, rumors are swirling that Embracer wants to get rid of, get rid of Gearbox. Who would you like to see them go to? Uh, personally, I would like to see them be independent if possible. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that they were before Embracer. Mm. So, yeah, it could be like a Bungie situation where they just kind of buy back their independence and then get sold to somebody else. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, the most likely Bedfellow would be Take-Two. Yeah, that seems, yeah. Since they've that. already had such a long relationship with them. Um, but it's weird because, it's like, some of this stuff outside of Borderlands that Gearbox is doing, like Publishing Remnant and, and other games like that, like, a lot of these publishing partners that could purchase them, like, they already have... The, that side of things that they're doing. Right. So it's like Gearbox is almost like too big in a way to, like they're not, but it's, yeah, just like the way that they operate. It's, yeah, it, it would take a pretty big partner and it would feel like mm-hmm. they would maybe lose some some bits yeah. in that. It's like, Definitely. oh yeah, this is just redundant, even if it's a year or two later. Definitely. What do you think, Damiani? I mean, yeah, I think, Take two is the most realistic, just because also like the the rights tie up with like Borderlands. It's like you know just outright just buy them and like not risk another situation like that again. Or yeah, I I, I I'd rather them not go to like a Sony or Microsoft at this point. I mean, someone where they could just be like continue to be you know, you know maybe multi platform guaranteed. Um, so like the only thing I can think of is like. Maybe epic or something mm. like keeping yeah, them like sure. you know like giving them the support i mean epic does do its publishing but like made it like well gearbox is like a subsidiary publisher of us like they already have their things yeah. like we can just offer you like you can also offer the epic platform as well when you're to these publishers and on top of that so sure maybe that's a better yeah, fit i don't know sense. yeah it makes sense to me all right this is from it's beyond me hey everyone I was having a discussion with my cousin about Armored Core 6, and he mentioned that it had performance issues. 
At first, I thought he meant it was buggy or ran poorly, but apparently he meant that it was unable to keep a stable 60 FPS when run in performance mode. This is similar to what uh, we've experienced with games like Elden Ring or FF16 on PS5. So in my opinion, this isn't what I would call an issue. I understand that it would be ideal for games to run at a stable 60 FPS in performance mode, but I personally not surprised nor would I call it an issue when a game can't hit it. However, maybe my cousin's right, and we should expect a game to hit a stable 60 if they are claiming to have a performance mode. I don't know all the factors involved, and I feel like that uh, that it might be an impossibility on PS5 hardware, but perhaps I'm wrong. What do you guys think? Am I giving game devs too much credit, or should a performance mode feature be expected to perform at the incredible standard? Thanks for taking my question. Love respects. It's beyond me. Uh, so yeah, performance modes don't always hit 60. And now it just kind of seems like it's just a higher frame rate and you're going to get what you're going to get. It feels like a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, it is always nice when it's locked to 60. Like, um, so for example, Jedi Survivor had performance mode, but it wasn't a constant 60 or anything like that. But now there's the new patch that is like constant right. 60 throughout the whole time. Armored Core like had some drops, but it was never for like a me for an instance for me where it like really took away anything from it. Right. And like I'm just we've grown up for so long playing games, you know, with like bad frame rates. So it's like for frame rate to like ruin a game for me, it's gotta be pretty bad. Like I can play 30 FPS games. I can play games that drop 30 FPS and still play it, but yeah, I think with performance mode. It's hard to say if it should be 60 FPS always. I think that's the idea, ideal every time, but I don't know. Maybe they can come up with some different terms. Like 60 FPS mode and performance mode are like labeled separately, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, performance, yeah, you're just, you're getting higher performance, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're trading off some, some shadows or, or yeah. whatever effects um, to be able to increase because, yeah, like you're saying, it's like, when you're talking about performance issues, you know, and frame rate in particular, <laughs> what, you know, the thing that mm-hmm. comes to my mind is, you know, like uh, the the uh, Great Deku Tree in Breath of the Wild. Oh. You know, <laughs> like you walk through there and it's like... That ruined the moment for me. That was okay. a bad moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely can be a thing, but it's, yeah. it's got to be yeah. fairly severe i think and you get little drops here and there when things explode it's like it's it is sort of to be expected because it's like you just have to like put your mindset into like what all the heck is happening yeah right and it's like the game is loading in content and it is running however many ais and it is um doing lighting passes and particle passes and tracking all of your inputs and doing audio and doing the reverb and the ray tracing or whatever on that audio, depending on the game. And it is doing all of that 60 times every second. Mm-hmm. All of that has to be done in every frame. Every single thing that is happening in that game. So it is kind of insane to, to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could be more lenient on certain genres of games, too. Right. Like, if I'm playing a fighting game... I want it to be 60, yeah. you know? Yeah. If I'm playing, like, a racing game, I want it to because be 60. Because sometimes it's like, okay, just what are your priorities Yeah, right exactly. Now? It's like, did you really need that scarf to wave around? Yeah, or? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, physics is another part of it. Yeah. In terms of it being impossibility on PS5 hardware, it's not. It's totally doable on PS5. It just depends on the game or like how they go about developing it. If it, how much of a focus it is, because you know we're seeing first party stuff. It's run like crazy. Like Horizon Forbidden West ran insanely good and looked so good when I played that game. Spider-Man's probably going to be like the same thing. Right. So it's just a case-by-case case basis, I guess. Um, Insomniac, though, they started off that performance RT. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're wizards, man. Yeah. Those guys are wizards. First party, I always expect the best yeah. from, always. All right, this is from a great name right here. Here for Huber, but love you all, 69. <laughs> Howdy, allies. The recent release of Starfield got me thinking. Is more of the same really a bad thing? While I know it's been criticized for using the same Bethesda formula, for example, I'm still loving the game. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so necessarily. I mean, I, I think there are really just like a few things that are sort of stylistic to Bethesda that could just go a long way. Like their cinematic presentation of of uh, dialogue and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like those are the bits where it's like, oh, I don't know here, you know, uh, and and just yeah, and then sometimes just the way things look in certain lighting or whatever, but I don't know structurally, like I have a pretty good time with it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just going around talking to people and making choices and you know whatever else. You know, but it's like, yeah, there's a, as long as those conversations and those storylines are interesting to you and you like some of these characters, then, yeah, you don't necessarily necessarily have to worry too much about there being a formula when there's so much mm-hmm. other stuff tacked onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, we talk about this a lot where, like, sometimes there's another game that's like this. Like, this is what people yeah. want. I think, again... Uh, fair or not, um, sometimes bigger high-profile releases just carry expectations with yeah, them. they do. Um, this isn't like some obscure like plat- PS2 platformer. It's been hasn't been around in like 20 years. We're getting another entry in it. It's like, oh, it's more of the same. It's a PS2-style game, but like that's just what we wanted. Like we've had a lot of Bethesda games, and uh, yeah. their last one was a bit of a misstep out of the gate. So I think people were just like, can, you know, can they get back to you know their previous form and uh, the way they talked about Starfield though they were like talking how ambitious it was like mm-hmm. they, 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 they were just talking it up so I think they kind of had some self-inflicted damage there that sure, yeah. if this is like you know something you were going to give us more of the same but just like a different setting different vibes like maybe you should have taken that approach and like worded it a little bit better mm. because it de- definitely felt like it was supposed to carry the Bethesda uh, DNA, but also offer like a lot new, and it doesn't quite feel like definitely offers the former, but not a lot. I think enough of the latter for some I people. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the thing. Like when you've seen like for as long as as Elder Scrolls has been going on, and those last two, you know, three Fallout games, I suppose. Um, and then yeah, here's your brand new IP. You can do whatever you want in space. And oh. Okay, you're basically doing that thing again. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see some people being taken back by it. Yeah. All right, this is from Obisco. Hey, allies. I just pulled up my Spotify playlist with my favorite video game music and I just cl- uh, that I just collected over the years, and I stumbled across an- the awesome music by Lena Rain from Chicory. Nice. And then that led me 
to a thought. Thanks to the countless releases, games like Chicory have such a short life and short life in the light, and it kind of made me feel sad for all the awesome little games that are great but probably forgotten by most people. Some of the other examples I can think of that are fantastic that I feel titles that no one talks about anymore are probably not very high in most people's backlogs are games like Child of Light, Chained Echoes, Owlboy, Gorgoa. Gorgoa? Gorgoa, yeah. Chia or Fist. Sometimes even new games like Blasphemous 2 give off the vibe they won't stay with most of us for too long, unfortunately. My question is, is there any similar or smaller game you can think of that you wish more people would play and talk about? Thanks for everything you do. Love and respect. Uh, yeah, this is just kind of like the sad reality of there's so many damn video games. Right. It can be easy to get lost and forgotten. I mean, I've got... I've, I've... Like we've have a I have a spreadsheet that I keep of like all the games you know that that come out throughout the year and then whether we've got codes for it or not. But like at the top of that is basically like my backlog of frame trap games. <laughs> These little things that are like, oh yeah, Space for the Unbound. I want to play that at some point before the end of the year. Uh, or Dordonia. Yeah, that looked cool. Let me yeah. check that out. You know? Yeah. So yeah, pretty much yeah, recommending a lot of things to myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think these are like amazing games or anything, but I think they're good games that I really like. And it's all the Tokyo RPG Factory games, all three of them. Oh yeah, I like those games, but I don't feel like anyone played them. Some people played the first one, I Am Setsuna, right? But I feel like Lost Sphere and Oninaki, like no one really played. Right, right. Kind of bums me out. What about you, dumb man? Anything? And yeah, but I mean, I'm also like guilty of this because like oh, we all are. Yeah, I, I just like see a lot of them and like. I don't know. Like, I mean, I did, like we didn't. I didn't play enough of it to talk about Frame Trap, but like, I played like a little over an hour of like Blasphemous too. I'm like, this is cool, but like, don't worry, I'll get to it. One yeah, day. but I was also like, uh, to be fair, like, I didn't get far enough. But I'm like, I'm not see- like, yeah, this is this is good, but like, there's just, especially this year, it's like there's just so many other games that, that are you'd rather like, play. yeah, yeah. Uh, but fine. I actually like understand like smaller games. People find joy in those, but like. I don't know. That that's kind of, kind of comes with the territory. Like, well, they are smaller, which means they have smaller audiences. Often, which means, yeah. yeah, if you're looking for like a larger group of people to discuss and champion them, like you're probably that's un, that, that that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, bigger games are just going to yeah. draw the bigger audiences and get the bigger fan bases that you know talk about it a lot longer. So yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just like sorry, it feels like yeah. The, you know, the marketing budget is like either isn't there or just isn't big enough to compete or whatever. Like, you know, Goodbye Volcano High mm-hmm. just finally came out like a month ago and it's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I've seen a few people that have played through it, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, it, it's one of those things that like we saw so much of that game and like different directs and things. And then when it was like time for the release, it just, Felt like I had no idea that it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that has, might be something. I, I don't know how easy it is for smaller developers to do it, but maybe just borrow a page from some of the the bigger publishers now and bigger developers where they don't have long lead times for their games. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you announce, like wait till. I mean, there might be a variety of reasons why they need to announce it sooner. They need like funding, or they're trying to secure right. another. Like, I yeah. need another artist to come work for me. Here's what I'm working on. I need to sh- I need to be public about it because I can't find anyone. I need to network. So I understand that. But if you have the up, like the the luxury, maybe only announcing it a few months before it comes out, so you capitalize on that is just mm-hmm. a better strategy <clears throat> for all games in general because. 
as we get more and more, like the longer you have to like hold people's attention, the harder it's going to be, you know, to, like, like that first impression is like the best time. And then it just gets harder and harder and harder until you get to release dates. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been nice seeing Sea of Stars get so much recognition, you know, and sales also, which has been really nice because I feel like that could have been a game that got swallowed up because, you know, just like it was like right before Starfield and stuff like that. Yeah. So shout out to them. All right, this is from Parasite Paladin back again. Every press conference or video presentation has down moments. Whether it's ads, sizzle reels, or esports, they are necessary to keep the lights on. What do you feel is the maximum amount of these down moments that can happen in a row before it starts to negatively affect the presentation? Depending on how big the previous game show was, I think I'd let them get away with three in a row. So yeah, I guess just that awards shows like keely stuff or whatever there's ads ad breaks like that pc gaming show i think just think about like how much is too much do you think Uh, right yeah i don't know like if you have like a hard time limit i mean like with the like the award show like they they, feels like you know it's not about how many it's like the time you're doing it like the window like 60 seconds like 30 to 60 seconds feels like you know the max you should probably ever do one of those breaks and then like get back to it um for those because i definitely seen like like evo has like long stretches like they'll have like 30 minutes to an hour of just like ads running because it's like in between their things Matches so sense, yeah yeah this feels like it's kind of like a contextual based on yes, them, like what we're, we're doing here um yeah so i wouldn't say it's the mountain row it's like the the, the time and when it's coming in between mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a del- delicate balance for sure any thoughts on that blood? Yeah, it's it's weird because it's a pacing thing, and it's also it's like there's some of these things that it it is weird to think about. Why is this in here? Like, <laughs> like when you yeah. get like a Rainbow Six update, yes, and a Ubisoft conference, and it's like I know there's a lot of people playing Rainbow Six out there, obviously, but are they the people watching this press conference right Correct, now? Correct. Yeah. And, like, I'm not sure that they are. And even if they are, are even they excited about Yeah, maybe they're trying to get... I just don't know. Maybe they're trying to get the people who aren't in yet, too. Well, that's what... But I don't even know if it's... That's that's, that's, not going to excite people. That's not... Yeah, yeah, it's like people are just... Yeah, like, all right, it's time to pull out my phone or go get some chips or something. You you announced Monster Hunter's coming to your game. Like, when I was like, (laughs) 14 will never be one of these stayed up. What are you... Like, that's the weirdest thing. And, like... That same state of play. Monster Hunter. I'm like, oh, okay. If yeah. there's one thing you got to do, you're going to announce like yeah. Monster Hunter in your game. All right, yeah. there you go. Yeah. That, that's like attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. Not like, we are adding two dyes now for your clothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the traditional explanation would be like, okay, well, you know, press conferences are, you know, they're for the shareholders and the press and all that stuff. But it's like the way the shows are now, it's like. It's for the public now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much for directly to your consumers. Mm-hmm. So you're selling ads and stuff too. So yeah. So yeah, it's weird. All right. Uh, one final bonus one. Uh, some Karch, uh, Palosti, Brad. Which is better so far, Chain Echoes or Sea of Stars? <laughs> While I'm enjoying my time with Sea of Stars so far, I feel a bit underwhelmed. Chain Echoes may have been unpolished at times but it was also trying a lot of interesting mm. things with its gameplay and story. Sea of Stars is visually stunning and has a killer soundtrack, but it's otherwise kind of bland. Hopefully by the end, I'll have a different opinion. Thoughts? 
Well, Karch, I have not played Sea of Stars at all, so I cannot uh, give you my and thoughts. I have not played Chain Echoes. <laughs> but I really liked Chain Echoes. That's I think pretty good. Chain Echoes, I thought, was one of the best games last year. And yeah. it sounds like this could be in that same camp almost. Yeah. I'm, seems I'm, like. I'm really impressed with, I mean, from what we've talked about with, um, you know, difficulty in RPGs, particularly Final Fantasy XVI, one of my most Im- impressed things with Sea of Stars is that it maintains a really good sweet spot of difficulty. That's a hard thing to do. Throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a consequence of not having a bunch of side quests, fetch quests to go back and forth to places you've already been or whatever. Well, you can't just but, sidestep every attack like you can in 16. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it, but yeah, so it's like I just always feel like the enemies are right in a good spot to where like I'm not getting like torn down and like having to keep my party alive all the time but somebody might go down here and there you know um, and and I'm and I'm not just powering through everything mm-hmm. uh, and also just like all the way up through the end of the game just lots and lots of new enemy types and lots That's of guys great. that I will screw around that. with your expectations and these you know they okay. really do a good job with you know that action. You know, as a turn-based game, but you know the, the action inputs yeah. uh, and how you you know have to block and attack and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. I cannot yeah. wait to play it. All right, boys, that's gonna do it for this episode of Frame Trap. Thank you everyone for watching and listening or whatever you're doing right now. Thank you so much for being here with us. Do you dudes have any final words you want to say or anything like that? No, I'm Close all good. It. Yeah, we're all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, still have to be the Karateka. That's right. Version, yeah. but it's <laughs> close. Old game. Taking over yeah. all yeah. the basement, but they got me. All right, everybody. We will see you <laughs> next time. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>